0: I'm your host, Trevor, and this is Fixie's Playground, and this is episode three, folks. We are in 2021, mid-January, heading towards February, and uh, so far, um, it's kind of looking like 2020, Uh, (laughs) but we have a new guest tonight. This is our first out-of-state guest. He's meeting me over Zoom, but don't worry, folks, I'm here in Louisiana, and he is in Texas, right? Right. You're, you're in texas okay go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the people
1: all right my name is jared henniger uh 19 year old amateur photographer i guess and uh meme poster on facebook
0: so yeah <laughs> yeah you post a lot that's of memes on facebook that's for sure <laughs> so uh, is that really, uh at the end of the episode you, you can uh plug your photography page or whatever you have uh We'll get that done, Get you whatever little exposure. I mean, I've got, like, maybe 50 listeners, but, hey, I'm yeah, proud of my else, 50. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of my 50 listeners. They So far, every episode, they've all listened to it. So thank you very much, people. Uh, <laughs> that's dope, That's dope. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's kind of nerve-wracking to, to start a podcast. You know, you're kind of excited, but, um, like, I had to find the right medium to, to host my podcast on. Uh I was worried about equipment cause like legit podcast equipment probably costs like a couple hundred bucks just for a mic, a mixer, a setup, you know? And, um, so, but I ended up buying like a $30 mic on Amazon and I'm using a recording app either. Well, right like, right now I have to use it on my phone because for whatever reason it can't pick up your voice on my legit mic. <laughs> uh, otherwise I usually use my laptop and, and this mic. So, um, it's been interesting, but it's fun. Like, I look forward to doing these, and uh, it's kind of hard. Like, I was telling my buddies the other day, uh, you know, I've had two episodes out and I've had like three cancellations, you know, and like, I'm not mad about it. Like, every single cancellation was due to sickness, either COVID or just someone wasn't feeling well. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna get mad because someone doesn't feel good, you know, um, but it just kind of sucks. I look forward to it all week long. And then, day of they're like oh hey by the way i can't i can't make it and i'm just like oh no so they're like i'm depressed you know because i want to do this shit feel bad, man. yeah it's it's rough but i'm glad to have you on we, we uh we had technically you were my fourth cancellation i guess i didn't count you uh because it was just the timing i didn't back check with you and then i think we kind of both forgot you know Yeah. and uh then we talked about it again you're like, Yeah, let's do it this Saturday. I was like, sweet. So I was trying to have a double header this Saturday. I was trying to have two people. I was gonna put out try to put out two episodes this weekend and it just fell through and I was like, Man, <laughs> oh well. You know. Um but anyway, let's yeah, we'll start with some introductory uh questions, like we normally do. Um go ahead and give the listeners a movie that you think you really love, and you think they should watch.
1: Dude, I know it's kind of like a basic one, but Insidious, the first one especially. Yes. I like all of them, but the first one hits different. I mean, I'm a horror movie buff myself.
0: Have you have but... you listened to the nightclub? The one that I like oh you probably haven't because I I uh, I plug it in on all my episodes because uh one of my my buddies made a podcast named the nightclub and they review horror movies, but it's not just horror movies. It's also, uh, he'll do like fun facts of like urban legends, you know, from around the world, stuff like that. Uh, dope, I have to check it out. you should check it out. It's, it's really good. Uh, I've done like one episode with them and we actually compared insidious. The first one with, um, fuck. What's the name of the other one? Why can't I remember? I can't remember. There's a movie, and they're kind of they're kind of similar in ways, and they have the same tone, but they're both very good. So, I hear you on that, man. Insidious is awesome. What's it called again. I'm gonna put that in my notes. The nightclub, and Sounds you could you can find them on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, probably Amazon, probably Google. Like I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he's on a lot of different mediums. So, gotcha. Yeah, you should be able to find them, no problem. Um, my movie that I, I decided to plug tonight is a uh, SLC Punk. You ever, you ever watched that movie? Never heard of it. Man. Never heard of it. Okay, why can't I remember the the actor's name? Um, <sighs> what's his name? Okay, the guy that plays as Shaggy in the the live action Scooby Doo movies. Yeah, you know who I'm, I'm talking about.
1: I forget his name either. I'm not good with actor oh, names.
0: God. But- I should remember his name, uh, Matthew. Matthew starts with an L. I could be wrong. Anyway, well, if I could remember it later, I'll, I'll say it. Um, but he is kind of the uh, the main the main guy in the movie. It's him and his friend Bob, and they're Salt Lake City punks. So I mean, like, he has long spiky hair, blue hair. And his buddy's got, like, a big-ass mohawk, you know, (laughs) shaved sides. And um, they're very anarchist, you know, um, very down with the, the, you know, the system and all this other shit. And um, it's a great movie. Um, There are a few movies that could actually make me feel like, you know, man crying, kind of. And and the end of that one was one of them. Um, so if you haven't watched it, it really is a cult classic. It's SLC Punk. You should watch it, Jared. But um, everyone listening, if you if you haven't seen it yet, you better watch it because it's it's worth it. <laughs> um, I got his name real quick for you, Matthew go ahead. Lillard. Matthew Lillard. I knew it was a Matthew L. I just yeah. Like if I, I don't, couldn't remember either if, bro. <laughs> yeah, like if I don't write stuff down. Like and it's funny because I wrote down the movie because I was like, "This is the movie I want to talk about tonight." If I but if I don't write names down, I can't ever remember them when I'm on the spot. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't know why. It's just how my memory goes sometimes. So, uh, do you read? Like I'm I, sure I'm sure you read, well, I but used
1: to read so much. Like I used to read like a book a day, pretty much. But just all
2: throughout high school and ever
1: since then. hmm Life kind of hits you hard and you just don't really have time for
0: it. Yeah, man. I mean, you but, start uh, working, start start trying to get you a woman, and, uh... Yeah. <laughs> your, your priorities kind of shift. Uh, but I, mean, then, I, I have a few books, but, like, you know... <laughs> what's your favorite book, I guess, if you could remember?
1: My favorite book would probably be Asylum by, uh... Madeline Rue. Uh, She has an actual series. I got the second book right here that'll show it. This one's called Sanctum. Okay. It's actually a little bit of a series. It's really cool. Um, Basically, a college kid goes to some college that's inside of an abandoned, or not abandoned, it's a former psych ward. And pretty much has to solve a mystery about a
0: murderer there. I like murder yeah. mysteries. It's like a murder mystery, but it has a paranormal side to it as well. It's really I think, cool, man. I think that just makes me like it better. Is it, um... Yeah. Is it gauged toward, like, teens or...
1: Teens, young adult
0: kind of thing. Okay. I could probably still read it. Like, I I talked about it in, like, episode two. Like, uh... I grew up reading Aragon. Like, the Aragon series. And, um... Yeah. It's, it's more geared towards teens, but I can still read it to this day, so... I think it'll be alright. Yeah, I was I like reading it. that as a kid, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean... There's nothing nothing bad about that. Um, what I am currently reading that I've never read before... Um, you know the movie Interview with the Vampire, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. And then they also have a movie called Queen of the Damned. Yeah. Um, that was technically a sequel of Interview with a Vampire. Well, I'm reading the book series of that. Um, I think it's called The Vampire. <laughs> they they are actually, um, which is what I'm finding out because I was curious about it, and then like I looked, I someone told me I should read the books, so I started reading Interview with the Vampire. So I'm on the third one. Technically, Queen of the Damned is the third book. Like you have Interview with the Vampires, book one. Uh, The Vampire Lestat is book two. And then book three is Queen of the Damned. And then I think there's. Like three more after that. Kind of. They all align within the Vampire Chronicles. Which is the series. And. um, Honestly the movies didn't do too bad of a job. As far as translating to. The movie screen. Um, Like you find out that. Lestat's not as much of an asshole as we think he is. Like in the interview of the vampire, because you know how he's portrayed to be like just a dick, you know. Yeah. Um. You find out in the books that he's not really a dick. Um. But Louis just kind of portrayed him that way because it was one of Louis's flaws or whatever. Uh, it's really cool though. I enjoy the series. If you like vampire shit, it's a really good series, and it explains a lot of stuff. You know. Gotcha. So that was just kind of my uh, my book promotion, I guess you can say for uh, for tonight. Uh, I've actually
1: seen it in bookstores lately. The Interview with a Vampire. I thought about getting it, but I'll have to check it
0: out. Yeah, you should check it out. I because uh, like I have a, a an e reader, a Nook or whatever, gotcha. and I've been having them. Like I bought a couple more over the years. But uh, I have a bad habit of like finishing a book, and then like I'm in the middle of like a four hour car ride, you know, and then I don't have the second yeah. book, so it's just like ooh, you know, you try not to play on. I try not to play on my phone too much, so I eventually got the gotcha. e-reader, and it, I, I get the ones that have like a you know they light up, so you can read in the dark, and uh, the battery lasts a pretty good long time. Oh, and I, I bought it on that. And I mean, if I really like a book series, I'll, I'll buy the hard covers, you know, because I like to, I like to have a physical copy, but, you know, I take what I can get. So, yeah. So, but I mean, I, lo- I love reading. I probably read 40 to 50 books a year if I had to guess. Uh, I don't know. It's just something to kind of fill the time. And then sometimes I'll really feel like reading and I'll just be at home reading but most of the time I'm trying to finish a series, like an episode series of of an anime or a TV show or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could watch TV more
1: but uh, one of the things like never really have time for it. I mean I watch anime here and there on my phone but that's about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I will I don't know. I I have to make time for it. Um, Like, I'm constantly trying to, like, watch these movies or these TV shows. But, I mean, I've got a wife. I've got kids. So, i got to take care of them, you know. Uh, And then weekends where normally we have something to do. Like, this weekend we end up not having much to do. Uh, We'll probably watch the playoffs tomorrow. And then tomorrow in the morning-ish, we're going to watch – a Pixar movie called soul or whatever. heard about that one. Yeah. I heard it was really good. Like, which I'm, I'm not surprised. Like everything they put out is pretty much gold these days, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's a new movie. It's on Disney plus. So, uh, today I went to a store and got some candy and we have popcorn and we'll, sit with the kids down and, and have like a, a little family day, you know,
1: I feel you on that. I got my own pile of candy right here.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I have some, but, uh, Instead of eating, I'm drinking, uh, uh, technically it's a screwdriver, I guess you can say. A little bit of vodka, a little bit of orange juice. Gotcha. But the, the orange juice is, uh, <laughs> sh- strawberry sunny the light. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's good. But. Going fancy, bro. <laughs> huh? Going fancy. Going fancy, man. Well, see, I have some beer, but I forgot to put it in the fridge to cool it back off. Well, I say beer. It's I drink reds, which is like a an apple cider. You know, it's just like a hard apple cider, but it's got the gotcha. same. Yeah, it's got the same alcohol content of a regular beer. So, um, because I'm not really a beer drinker, but I do like hard alcohol. So I forgot. I've got to put that in the fridge. And I was like, well, I guess uh, I'll break out the vodka since I have cold orange juice. You know, so <laughs> vodka and sunny light. That's that's what it's about. I always like to have a little bit of a drink when I do these things. Just kind of helps loosen the tongue, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So do you listen to any podcasts? I guess that'll be the next question.
1: Honestly, not really. Not really. This is the first one. That's why I kind of had to listen to you a little bit to get a feel
0: for how it would go. Like, I've never really. Yeah, man. Podcasts are good for when you're driving, man. It don't even have to be mine. It's just you probably uh, don't have a car right now, right? Is that I'm working on it, bro. Yeah, yeah. I know. You're th- don't feel bad. You're you're what, eight you said nineteen? Nineteen, right? Yeah. So you're nineteen and, and folks, I'm I just turned thirty two, so there's a there's an age gap and uh don't worry, bro. When I was when I was nineteen I had a vehicle, but I was also on that hot dog diet. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, Trust me, I I've been there. You'll you'll get through it. You're a hard worker. I'm I'm sure you'll be fine. Give it give it some time. So, you know, uh, you'll be all right though. <sighs> okay. So, some of the podcasts I'm gonna go ahead and plug right now. Uh, obviously, we just talked about the nightclub. My buddy Travis, Angel, Ricky. They're a horror podcast. They're awesome. Uh, I think Travis even uh, posted a link on my my Facebook page, uh, Fixies Playground page. You can find it there, folks. Um, another one is called the Joe Blow Horror Show. It's also a horror podcast. Um, it's got kind of a different flavor, and Travis actually helps. He, he does commentary on there, and he, he helps edit it. But uh, it's Boss Tuna. I don't know the guy's real name, but his name's Boss Tuna. He, uh... He created it and I, I like it because they actually do go through the movies kind of scene by scene. They give it rankings, different things like that. Um, I plug Jared, I plug those two like every episode, you know, so <laughs> they're good. Uh, the, the one that I'm gonna add tonight is called Dungeons and Daddies. Uh, sometimes a BDSM podcast is what they say. Uh, it's a DD podcast, but. Um, they're kind of loose with the rules, and I like them because the storyline is basically four dads who role play, like four people who role play as dads who get sucked into like uh, you know a fantasy world, a D and D world, because their kids got abducted. So they're on a mission to save their kids, and they're driving around in this fantasy world in a van. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is, is one of the people that role play is actually a woman but she roleplays a dad <laughs> named Ron and uh, it's just hilarious it's, it's uh, it makes me laugh like the entire time I listen to it and the episodes are maybe an hour long so people if you need something to listen to check out oh, Dungeons and Daddies a- <clears throat> that
1: sounds like my kind of deal
0: yeah well do you um, have you played D&D like I think we've talked about it before right like you just couldn't find people
1: I used to play yeah, I used to play. Just uh, kind of fell out with that group that played. I
0: still have all my stuff though. Just, I don't know. <laughs> Y'all played what fifth edition or was it like three point five? Fifth edition? Fifth okay, edition. man, I'm a three point five head, bro. Like when I was growing up, it was it was three point five edition. Um, but I like fifth edition. It's a good blend of three point five and some of the good aspects of four because a lot of people don't really like four. Um, I've heard. Yeah, Uh, but I mean, five is good. Uh, I love role-playing stuff. So D&D's kind of always been up my alley. Um, I mean, we play eight-hour sessions, bro. (laughs) You know, like, us playing D&D was always a a, a full day, pretty much.
1: Bro, I feel that we literally, uh, me and my old friends, uh, rented out an Airbnb, Lakeside Cabin, and spent the weekend playing.
0: That's awesome, man. Like I wish, I wish I could do that. So, I uh, definitely love it. You know, there's nothing to say. I have a a group where we were trying to play like once a month, and then COVID kind of hit and I kind of shut shit down. So we're trying to play. I think at the end of this month will be our first our first session back after shit since like October probably. So, and I mean, we're all, all my friends, all of us that play are 30 plus, we all have kids. So it's really (laughs) hard to find, you know, a time that's good for everybody. Um, It's hard for us at 19. (laughs) I I know. That's the funny thing is like, it don't, it doesn't really get Like you have to make the time to do it, you know? (laughs) And if you have people who don't want to make the time, well, mm, there ain't no point in playing with them. But like I have like one buddy, he, he works for uh, Louisiana DOTD, and he's working weekends right now, so like he can't make the sessions even if he wanted to. So it's just like fuck. Um, makes me sad because you know I play with everyone, but we'll see. My main my character I'm playing is a necromancer, so I basically just go around collecting bones and trying to to make undead. <laughs>
1: So, I never actually got around to playing a necromancer, but I loved playing sorcerers, man.
0: Yeah, I um, I always like playing something different, you know, and I never played, I never really played a necromancer, and then never really played like an evil character, so the campaign we're running, we're, we're evil characters in the Underdark, so <laughs> it's just different, because you don't, you know, there's decisions that you don't have to make just to keep your alignment, and... And stick with it. So It's fun. I wish I could play more. But I just don't have the time. Um, see February 6th though. I also play. Uh, a game called Torture Earth. Which if you're listening to the episode. Like, you, you listen to a little bit of episode 1 right. With Kenneth Kidder. Um, oh, a little bit. A little bit. Like the first hour. Which is the hour you haven't listened to yet. Um, we talk about a game he created. Which is. A, a role-playing game it's a tabletop role-playing game like dnd but it's different in some ways in good ways um he's starting a podcast so he asked me if i'd be willing to uh be one of the characters you know one of, one of the role players for the podcast i told him yeah so we're gonna start recording that first week of february so that'll be something to look forward to i'll be able to get my fix you know so to speak it'd be nice you got a name for it yet uh the name of the name of the game is Tortured Earth. And you got a
2: name um, for the
0: podcast? Uh, for his podcast? Not not yet. Um I'll let you know. Uh I'm gonna ask him. Right. He might he might have told me, but I forgot. Um I That's imagine right. he'll call it Tortured Earth. Um but I'll ask him to make sure. But when the episode okay. drops, I'm gonna definitely shout it out on all the social media and Probably on whatever episode I'm doing around the time. so I've got I've got some people lined up. I just need to set the dates up. It's always hard to schedule. <laughs> so
1: what's your favorite d and d character you've played so far?
0: um so my first character was probably my most favorite uh he it was a rogue. And he was a rogue who wanted to be an assassin, but had a train. And this is like 3.5. So gotcha. he's, he's level one and he's not evil. Uh, He wasn't evil. He was just neutral. But like he was the kind of character who um, if you pissed him off, like he'd try to kill you, you know, <laughs> but he'd always try to help people. So he got in a lot of fights and my DM was like pissed off at me. But he he was very lucky. Um, like, he was passing by a a guard on a wall, and the guard started talking shit to him while he was passing by and spit on him. So he drew out his crossbow and shot him, and I critted on the shot. So, like, he got hit with the crossbow bolt and, like, fell off the ledge and died. (laughs) Dude. You know, stuff like that. I got a story for you, man. Go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) Drop it, man. Drop it.
1: Not my character, but one of my friends. I never really played rogues. Uh... But my friend was playing a rogue halfling, I think,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and luckiest motherfucker out there, bro. <laughs> like, uh, We had a catapult, I think, or a trebuchet. That's what it was, a trebuchet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were trying to find a way into this castle. Could not find a way in. We looked all around, spent days just watching it, looking for a way in. And he goes, "Why don't you guys just launch me over there?" <laughs> and like, do you have a death wish, bro? Like, what? <laughs> like, just the fall damage alone would kill you. Yeah. Like, if they saw you, they'd be shooting at you. Like, you're gonna die. And he goes, "Fuck it." <laughs> and, um.
2: Like, <laughs> my DM was like, "All right." I don't want to instantly kill you, but I'm gonna give you like ten checks, uh, ten d twenty uh, checks in a row. You have to hit every single
0: one, or else you're dead. Yeah. He fucking made them all. My bro. God.
1: Well, he made them
0: all. Th- that's that's a good DM. Like it's it depends on your party. Um. Like, cause I DM like I've, I've played, but uh, I used to DM a lot. And, um, my, my, I tell my, my players, like, look, if you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes, you know? And, and like, it's not, you know, normally it's not going to be like random either. Like if you, you say something, I'm like, are you really sure you want to do that? Like, that's your cue to say, Hey, why is the DM asking me this question? Maybe I shouldn't do what I'm thinking about doing because like, um, one of the people I used to play with used to have a paper shredder next to him. And when he would DM and I'm not even joking, like if your character died, he would shred your character sheet. So, um, so yeah, you know, um, and, and, I, and I always kind of took it at the heart. So like, I'm not scared to kill your character off if you do stupid things, but I try to give leeway, you know, cause you're there to have fun, you know? And, and, The amount of time people put into making characters, uh, you know, you kind of get attached. (laughs) So, I'm not trying to kill you, but if you do something extremely stupid, and I warn you not to do it, and you do it anyway, (laughs) like, I mean, your character's gonna get what it's gonna get, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, go
1: ahead. I think he ended up writing it as, uh after he got launched over there, he landed on, like, two guards Mm -hmm. and killed them both instantly because he landed on their heads. Yeah. And then he, like, found a way to sneak in and open the gate for us. And we were like, dude, this is a story to tell the kids, bro.
0: Oh, yeah. It's epic, man. It sounds like... I feel like if I gave one of my players 10 checks and they got them all, like, at the end of it, if he survived I would give them like a feat which would basically just be like you now take no falling damage you know sands like 300 feet let's say you know (laughs) just just here's this random feat I'm gonna give you because what you did was so amazing that the gods blessed you with this ability to just be launched from a trebuchet whenever and survive you know um and that's why I like role-playing games, you know, because you just, the off-the-wall shit, problem-solving that you do, yeah. just makes for so much fun, you know? Just trying to figure out how to how to beat the DM, kind of, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, man. So, what got you into photography? Um, I saw, you know. You just kind of... You said amateur. You're starting out. uh, You just like taking photos or... What is it? I'm just curious,
2: you know?
1: (laughs) I used to hate photography, honestly. Like, I thought it was so dumb, the freaking photography nerds, that, like, ruin a moment because, hold on, let me take a picture real quick. And Mm -hmm. it's like, dude, just live in the moment. Like, enjoy it. Yeah. But, uh... I think after my dog passed i realized i didn't really have any photos of him mm-hmm. i was like damn that that kind of hurts um nothing to really look back on um yeah. but i was still kind of iffy on it mm-hmm. it well, wasn't until
2: I my bad no go ahead go ahead
1: i was saying it wasn't until i went on a little nature walk out in a, our nature preserve near my house mm-hmm and i just started to like look in the trees and i noticed how beautiful it looked and so i just took a picture on my cheap android phone posted it on snapchat and all of a sudden i had like 20 people swipe up and like that's really pretty where is that kind of told them it was like five minutes from their house and they yeah were, like, no way um but that's what kind of got me thinking i'm like i can actually take pictures of nature and just like get people to realize the beauty of nature and to like go out and explore and just be at peace. you know
0: yeah i could definitely appreciate that the value of that um so, so like my mom has a bunch of photo albums you know and that's what they would do back in the day man they would you know before before facebook and everything else um you know, it's, like I said, I'm 32, you're, you're 19, and I mean, maybe your parents did it. I, f- I feel like, I don't know, these days almost everything's digital, but, like, my mom has these thick-ass uh albums full of photos of me and my sister growing up. And because I lived in Montana for a total of, like, a year, I lived in New Jersey for three and a half years, and there's pictures of us when we lived there, you know, and it's, it's fun to, to go through those albums and see, you know, and remember and everything else like there's a lot of value in that um i don't know i've just but i've never been a snapchat person or an instagram person you know um i'm not i don't like face i use facebook um i use discord and like i have a twitter but i don't really use the twitter like i don't ever post anything you know um, I have an Instagram for this, for, for the podcast and I'll post, um, photos from the session, you know? Um, but besides for that, like, I'm just not huge on those things. Just I just never needed to use it, you know? <laughs> so everything I can do is on Facebook pretty much. <laughs> um, and I don't get, I don't get banned I'll like you do. Memes on there. Yeah, bro. I love your memes. I'll be saving your memes. I don't always repost them, but I save the really good ones. Uh, I've been saving some Bernie ones lately because they're just hilarious.
1: Uh, did you see the freaking horror movie Bernie memes?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've seen all kinds of Bernie memes. I'm just sitting there rolling, <laughs> laughing my ass off. The, the WWE ones are pretty funny too, though. I haven't seen those ones yet. Oh yeah, it's it's him like suplexing a wrestler, basically you know stuff like stuff like that oh yeah it's it's hilarious um poor bernie man i uh i would have never voted for him but i definitely feel like he definitely cared about the american people just you know i couldn't really stand his policies um you know but he was definitely trying to help people so uh, it's, it's yeah it's funny it's funny that he's a member. start talking my bad. Oh, it's it's okay. Um uh, we'll just work it, bud, you know. Uh yeah. I'm trying to get better at not cutting people off cuz I just when I start talking, you know, or uh something you say clicks, it's like I'm trying to get it out, but we'll okay. We'll we'll get it done. <laughs>
1: Working around these uh technical areas with Zoom. <laughs>
0: Pretty much. Um, this is my first time using Zoom, you know, because my my last two episodes were in person. So I'm hoping the quality from my phone turns out all right. So fingers crossed, man. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. I have a, a a program I run audio through that um magnifies the voices and kind of gets rid of outside noises and stuff like that. So I'm sure it'll be fine. So. You you sent me some pictures is that some of your ph- photography work? No, no, no I was just sending you memes. Okay. Uh, well that's, new ones I was l- those about. those memes are going to end up on the podcast uh Facebook page by the way. So uh but if okay. you do if you do want to send me some photography photos that you like, I'll post those too as part of the episode oh, s- since something. we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to do that. Um one of my other goals is is to try to get more photos out from the sessions I do. Uh, with Kidder, I had photos of his game area where we did the podcast, and I really liked it. I, I liked showcasing some of his art, the artwork that he had commissioned, and um, I took a picture with Alex in episode two, and I, I wish I could have had more. So my goal now is to try to get photos from the people I do episodes with, just to kind of give the listeners a little more flavor, you know. To get to know you as as yeah. well as me. Because most of the people listening probably already know me to some extent, you know. Um, but I want them to get to know you, too.
2: So. <sighs> yeah.
1: Sorry that's a lot. I just finished it on just now. You can pick
2: whatever you want to post. <laughs>
0: okay, that's fine. As long as I have your permission, that's all I need, man. Um, yeah. That was the other thing, like, with, with Kidder he commissioned he commissioned most of that artwork that I, that I posted so i just you know it's it's funny how like copyright laws work and everything else you know you need uh you need to have permission from the artist to post their stuff which is fair you know cuz yeah. most of them are trying to make a buck and that's their their uh their work so uh i had to ask him i was like do you have the rights to these photos can i can I post them on social media and he's like yes yeah. so i was like all right cool <laughs> you know gotta make sure i don't want to i don't want to piss anybody off you know i don't have money to give them if they get pissed off so yeah (laughs) you know Uh, i'm
1: like i said just starting out so any exposure helps i'm not too worried about making money right
0: now oh yeah 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 i understand i'm and i'm always willing to help out whoever you know uh what i want to start doing is is so i have the the intro to my episodes is probably gonna stay the same, but I've been changing up the outro music on every episode. I want to keep doing that, so I'm gonna try to get um some local artists. If anybody's listening who has music and does music, if y'all can send me sound files, I'll play them uh at the end of the episodes. You know, whichever one I like or whatever. Just to get just get something new, you know. Otherwise, uh, they have like um free music online that's open to the public so where like anybody can use it you know so i'll use that most of the time and find something i like and just record it and play it but i'd rather do i'd rather showcase local bands or talent or whatever and just any little bit of help i can give to other people would be awesome so you know it's something i would like to do
1: that's another thing i've been trying i've been I think you know I used to dabble in bass like I was in a high school bass. uh, I was a high school bass player Mm -hmm. band, but uh haven't really played in a while. But my coworker just was like, hey, you used to play bass, right? I play guitar. We should make a band. And I was like, bro, I haven't played in forever, but shit. Shit, Maybe maybe I should start.
0: You have to reform those calluses on your fingers, bro. Yeah. You have to start practicing again. Um. (laughs) Man, I don't, like, I'm not, like, I, I I have an issue with learning how to play any kind of instrument. Like, I've never learned. Uh, I think I'd like to play piano if I could, um, but I'd have to take lessons and dedicate time to it, you know, and I just don't have that. But the irony is, is I have a ton of friends that, like, growing up, like, high school age, 16, 17, they were all playing instruments, and, like... Some of them were in like two or three bands or they were all in one band. So i listened listen to them practice all the time, you know, and it's, it's always hilarious because it was like, they were always constantly trying to find another band to play with, you know? Um, and the cool thing is, is for a little while, uh, cause like I live close to Lafayette, Louisiana, which most people could find on the map pretty easily. um, They had this, this place called toys and it was basically just a, a music venue. Like you would pay, I don't know, six or seven bucks to get in. They had a um, a famous DJ slash. I think he was like a radio host. I can't remember his name, but he would he would rent out the building, and then on weekends or during the week he would um, he would let bands play there, and they would sell merch and drinks and stuff like that. And you could you could just pay your cover to get in and listen, you know. So um, that was pretty cool because it's not a whole lot of stuff like that around here, you know, um, the bigger cities, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could throw a rock and hit some kind of concert stage, you know, uh, but the smaller areas, like there's really no place to showcase music. So, uh, my friends played there a couple times and it was a blast, man. I had a lot of fun, even though I'm not a musician, but I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate the struggle and these people putting in a lot of time and effort into their craft, you know. It's uh and you're creating something new, you know. Uh so I, I dig it, man. You play your bass. <laughs> Find your your band, you know. But it's all about finding time, man. That's that's what I'm saying, man. You work a full time job and <sighs> you just get tired. <laughs> you know? And then when you have a wife and kids, it, it don't get your time doesn't become more abundant. I can tell you that right now. Uh, but, you know, you find like, that's why I stay up late. This is why I do the podcast. Like for, for all the listeners out there, all my podcasts have been filmed after 9 p.m. Um, and, and the main reason I do that is because like my kids are in bed by nine o'clock. You know, otherwise y'all would hear screaming and yelling. And like loud music While I'm trying to record You know because my kids My kids are like me they're very loud individuals um, And they would not leave me alone And they would want to be All up in my business you know And then the other reason is Because most of the people I have on You're either working or or They have kids or whatever so It's just more convenient for everyone to do it later in the night You know so you know how I make time I just lose sleep or I stay up late On weekends <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm yawning as I'm saying all this. And then uh so for everyone listening, Jared and I kind of met I think it was through the sports group, right? I mean, yeah, it was, it was through a a League of Its Own Sports Debate, uh, which is a sports group on on Facebook that I help uh, moderate for the past, I don't know, five, six years. It's been been in that group for a long time, but um, we kind of met on there, and then we, we bullshit on each other's Facebook posts and all the memes and uh, shit recently, the political bullshit. Uh, you know... So, it's always having some fun there. It's
1: just crazy to think about. I joined that group
0: when I was in eighth grade, man. I remember (laughs) your pictures, bro. I remember when you were a wee little tyke, you know? God. And it's hilarious because you had the same Facebook picture for years. And then, like, one day I look at it and, like, you got a beard. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like Puberty (laughs) hit you like a fucking brick, you know? uh it's interesting it's interesting to to uh be kind of in in the opposite shoes you know because i remember growing up as a teenager you know i remember all that it's, it's like yesterday to me right now and uh and now to see people you know go from eight-year-old to uh, eight-year-old from an eighth grader to you know out of out of high school trying to live their lives it's it's wild man it's a wild ride sometimes you know Sorry, that's that's my ice and my drink, people. Um, pretty sure it's, <laughs> it's catching that. Uh, yeah. So, um, what do you do for work? You don't have to drop a name, just... Just a freaking... Go ahead.
1: Just a cook for a chicken place. And I actually will drop a name, actually. Because uh, it's a little bit of a funny story, but...
2: Uh, you can drop it... Um, chicken fingers.
0: Okay. Now you thing is
2: all, some, all, uh,
0: go ahead. From where? <laughs> uh, it's from College Station in Texas, but they just recently started
1: uh, expanding. Mm-hmm. They're actually it came before raising canes. Okay. I don't know if you'll like that because you're from Louisiana, but uh, well, we
0: have raising canes. Goes, so
1: yeah, I think canes actually started in.
0: Louisiana. it did um, it did start LSU. so uh yeah lsu and ul region um so is it like canes to where it's a fast food kind of place or is it more of a sit down
1: it's definitely like canes or i should say canes is like lanes because we came before Kane's. i
0: got you but like i mean y'all chicken but y'all, y'all chicken is good though right better than Kane's okay bro. okay do y'all serve barbecue sauce Yes. Okay. Well, you, you're already winning. You're you're already winning to me. Like, don't get me wrong. I love, I love, I love canes. Um, I don't like cane sauce, and I and I know some people are gonna be like blasphemy. Like, look, bro. <laughs> if I I don't I don't normally get ketchup with fries. Like, I don't really like sauces that much. But there's yeah. one thing I want. In the sauce department, when I eat chicken fingers or, or chicken nuggets or chicken fries, it's some goddamn barbecue sauce. I feel that. And the fact that Kane's doesn't have barbecue sauce makes me hurt in my soul. <laughs> uh, and I still like their chicken, but like I will literally order their chicken, go home, and then open up like a leftover barbecue packet from Popeyes, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Um, so barbecue
1: sauce is actually the only sauce that we don't make
0: in house. I got Our you. Barbecue
1: sauce, is sweet baby
0: rays. Hey, sweet baby rays is where Yo, it's I'm at, man. I uh, yeah. I, I like some sweet baby rays. My dad started cooking barbecue with it like years back, uh, before it even like lit up. And my dad's like, "It's some good barbecue sauce." And then the way he cooked it, it kind of glazed on the meat fucking I was like shit this is good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was like fuck. And I mean, you know, you you, you know you live in Texas. I live in Louisiana where we're two big food states. You know what I'm saying? Uh I mean, I'm sorry Louisiana food's better, but I I I appreciate the, the Agree to disagree. <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> Look, man, y- y'all are probably like the better state overall. Just just give us the food. Like trust me all right <laughs> uh, just because i feel bad going okay okay yeah yeah look you can keep you know your state is the size of most countries and uh you know the fourth largest <laughs> army in the world and just give us the food like n- nobody's turning down our gumbo i'm sorry doesn't matter what kind of barbecue you have in texas people are gonna be like oh gumbo yeah fuck yeah <laughs> Some water too. Get you some, man. We'll uh we'll go a little bit longer, then we'll take our intermission and you know stretch the old legs. Okay. So, are you trying to take any photography classes? Are you just gonna learn on your own, or?
1: your time for photography classes man i understand <laughs> on top of that like um uh, i just have bad experiences with going to actual professionals for training it's uh-huh. like i did that with bass and it ended up just being a waste of money yeah uh, did that with some other things it's always just been a waste of money so i prefer kind of winging it kind of learning online on
0: my own mm-hmm so Man, look, the internet is a gift and a curse. You can learn anything on the internet. But the downside to that is you can learn anything on the internet. Like it doesn't necessarily mean it's always correct. But you can sure as hell go to YouTube and watch like a hundred videos on how to play bass and you'll figure it out, I'm sure. Or how to, you know, do photography or, or whatever. Um the the nightclub angel in the nightclub she does photography and travis helps her with uh, the video side of it i believe and they've been doing that for years you know they'll do weddings and stuff like that and family photos so i mean there's you know you could definitely make money doing that but if you're trying to do the art side of it i don't know how hard it is to get into that um you know it's i don't know art galleries and shit like that's just not my thing um It's cool to see paintings from the sixteen hundreds, but like I don't have as much appreciation for that shit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like I look at it like, okay, that's that's a cool painting. But But then you got people that'll sit there for twenty minutes staring at a painting and be like, Yeah, that, you know that's a representation of this, this and this. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, Look, I could go buy some paint at the store for like five bucks and, and, you know, it ain't gonna look as pretty, but Like, I'll hang that up on my wall. (laughs) I don't know if that's just a holdover for me kind of growing up a little bit poor or what it is. But when, you know, when somebody's like, I'll pay 20 grand or or not even like 20 million for this painting. I'm like, holy shit. Okay. People are crazy, man. Well, if you got the money, I guess, you know, like I don't have, you know, I don't have a problem with rich people spending their own money. Um, Sure. But if I was rich, I don't know if I would buy expensive artwork. You know, so I might like buy like, you know, an autographed Drew Brees jersey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, yeah. But that would stay on my wall. I'd probably never sell that, you know, <laughs> that that would be for like my man cave. I got
1: an autographed uh, Jerome Bettis jersey hanging up right now. Uh, yeah. It's probably my pride and joy.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. Shit, these days I'm just happy to have a jersey. You know what I'm saying? Like, those shits are expensive, man. Yeah. yeah. And the cheap ones aren't worth a fuck. I mean, they're you know I don't like the quality of the cheap ones. I, I like the the good ones, but the good ones are a hundred plus. Um. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough being a sports fan. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> it's rough being a anything fan, man. You just drop so yeah. much money that you don't have. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I've gotten better at not not blowing money on shit I don't need, but yeah. it doesn't make me not want to have a jersey anymore. You know, <laughs> like I want, I want, I want all the jerseys, and not even just Saints jerseys. I mean, I'm a big Saints fan, but fuck, like I'd get a Tom Brady, like a Patriots Tom Brady jersey, signed. Peyton Manning, fuck yeah, you know why not? Signed Tom Brady jersey, I might. Bend my yeah, but you're a Steelers fan. Like, what? there's so much hate <laughs> there. Yeah. Um. You know, like I, I appreciate the hate. Like, fuck, Jameis Winston is on the Saints now, and I still don't like him. You know, <laughs> because he was a Bucs quarterback for too long. Like, Tom Brady became a uh, Buck, and I went from being indifferent to Tom Brady to fucking not liking him. You know, <laughs> because I'm just like, fuck this fucking <laughs> quarterback with his one year with the Bucks. Oh, my so God. And didn't have to lose to them? Fuck,
1: man. Let's just hope they don't win, bro. <laughs> I'll
0: don't, don't, I don't, I'll never pull for the Packers, but I'm fucking pulling for the Packers. Let me tell you that right now. Tomorrow, yeah. by the time this episode airs, you know, the game will be a little bit later than that. And um, Yeah, I don't want time. Fuck them. I want time ready to lose. Let Aaron Rodgers win and, th- and then let him get beat by either Kansas City or the Bills. I'm pulling for the Bills. I'll but
2: bills
0: or yeah, I, I'm pulling for the Bills. I really, I, I, I'm all about the Josh Allen, and uh, I like seeing new faces in the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but look, if Patty gets him a second one, look, I can't complain. You know, I don't, I don't hate Patty, so I, I imagine some people do, but I respect that man's game. <laughs> you know, I like Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid winning another one would be deserved. So. Yeah, and what, I'm a
1: Mahomes fan, but definitely pulling for Bills and Jared Allen or Josh Allen. My
0: bad. Yeah, Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, man. I, I like I said, I like seeing and, and Josh Allen put on the heat this year. I mean, he had a few games where he kind of he kind of backlogged a little bit, but they were against tough defenses. Uh, yeah. But I mean, he's got the will to win. You know what I'm saying? And uh, definitely that team's moving in the right direction for sure. Uh. Meanwhile, I hate you hate it
1: because, like,
0: my bad. No, go ahead, go ahead. Say what you're gonna say, but it'll be all right.
1: <laughs> Saying I hate it because uh, every year, every the teams are like, "Oh, the Steelers shouldn't have a problem with the Bills this year," and then Bills just past two years
2: mm-hmm.
0: kicked our ass, bro. Look, man, like you could almost put it on your calendar. Every year, the Saints are gonna lose to at least one team that they shouldn't have lost to. They, they do it every fucking year. This year, it was the Eagles. Okay? We lost to the fucking Eagles. The year before that, I, I forget who it was. It was like every year. Every year, it's some weird-ass team that we don't normally play, like the Bears or the Eagles or, uh, you know, something like that. And I'm just sitting there going, like, why the fuck? Like, and, and when we get getting beat by them, like, they're not good. Like, the Bears are good this year. You know, the Bears made the playoffs. Uh, you know, it was like when the Bears were like two and fourteen, you know, or, or two and fifteen, and, and, but they but one of their wins was against the Saints, and the Saints were like you know ten and five or whatever, going you know about to finish their season with a positive record. I'm just sitting there going like, what the fuck, man.
1: I feel that dude every year with the Steelers, same thing. Like, you saw the freaking Washington football team, yeah,
2: yeah, go eleven and
1: zero and then lose to them.
0: Man. It's like. This is where, uh, <laughs> yeah. I honestly think I mean the Redskins are another team that are they could get really good really quickly. Um, they could <laughs> one one if they get the right quarterback, uh, maybe another weapon, a receiving weapon, you know. Yeah. Uh but I mean they're on they're on the way for sure. Even though you know their record doesn't really reflect it this year, but. They started kind of getting strong towards the end, so. I think
1: they went five and one
0: under. Uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, oh um, yeah, uh, Steamboat Ron, right? Huh. Not Ron. uh what's his uh, name? The QB. Uh, oh, I thought the you were talking. <laughs> yeah, you, I thought you were talking about Riverboat Ron. I thought you were talking about their their uh their head coach. Uh, uh you're talking you're talking about Alex Smith, huh?
1: Alex Smith, yeah. Yeah. Only five and one
0: under him. Yeah, but I don't think he's gonna I don't think he, I don't even know if he'll make it till next year, man. Yeah, probably not. So but it was just it was, the fact that they could. Yeah, it was good it was good to see him play, you know. Uh I think Ron Rivera is a good coach. Um he's more of a defensive minded coach. So yeah. I think he could do the right thing. For the for the Redskins, well, I say Redskins, the Washington football team. Um, I hate <laughs> saying that. Uh, the whole controversy behind, like the Redskins team name, was just kind of silly to me, you know. It's been going on. That's
1: the thing is that controversy's been there since early two thousands.
0: No, I, I, oh, I know, I know, and but the, <laughs> the funny thing is, it's like the majority of Native Americans don't even give a shit about it. You know, exactly, like it's a, it's a small percentage of Native Americans and then a bunch of upset white people behind them <laughs> pushing, pushing for the name to be changed. And like they finally caved, and it, it came down to sponsors. You know, I'm pretty sure like sponsors are like, look, we're not going to give you money if you don't change it. So they're like, well, I guess we'll change it. But like because I looked into the history, you know, like when it when it was it became a big issue in like 2016 again, you know. And um, yeah. so, like, I did I did a deep dive into the history of the name because I just wanted to f- see how I felt about it. And, um, like, come to find out, like, the team asked permission to use the name from, like, a conglomerate of Native American nations. Um, yeah. And they got that permission. So, like, the Native Americans back in the day told them they could use it. And then the other thing was, is like even their mascot, like the, 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 the Native American head, you know, that they would use as their symbol. Like that's, that's a, um, you know, like a depiction of an actual famous chief in the Native Americans. I I forget his name. Um, but like he agreed to sit down and have his, have, you know, basically a painting of made a painting of him or a photograph made of him and then transferred into the logo. So, you know, like, I understand that the name or term "redskin" could be offensive to some people, but, like, and and they talked to a lot of Native Americans about it, and, like, they kind of took it as a sense of pride, you know, and representation, Um, you know, and I mean, football teams don't name themselves after shit that's weak, you know what I'm saying? Like, they choose, you know, they choose stuff that's strong. That fierce stuff like that, and I think the name Redskins was more of an ode to Native Americans and not a slander, you know. Yeah. Um, now so. you take away. Yeah, and now and now they're the Washington <laughs> Football Team. Like it just sounds so fucking drab, you know. <laughs> like they they cater, and I understand. That. I mean, the NFL is is basically supported by the fans, so you gotta you gotta appease the fans, I guess. But I feel like. There's not a whole lot of Redskins fans that that the name to be changed, you know. Yeah. Uh, it came, uh, damn, well, I wouldn't want to be a football team fan. No, I, not at all, man. <laughs> like nobody would be convincing me to be like the New Orleans football team. I'm like, nah, bro. Like I like <laughs> New Orleans. Like you better change our names to like the New Orleans Gumbo or some shit, you know? Like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know Give me Something to be
0: happy about Something I don't You know I don't see why they would ever change the name of the saints But if they did I'd be so butthurt about it Not a lot of you I would be extremely upset So um, Not about that life Don't be changing the names So uh, But we're, we're an hour in bud So we're gonna go ahead and take an intermission people And we will be back shortly. Alright, I'm Trevor, I'm your host. This is Pixie's Playground, and we are back for part two. I'm sitting here with Jared. What's going on, Jared? You back? Doing good, just got some grub. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you enjoyed your gummies? Yeah. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I made me another drink. Um... I guess let's start digging into the meat of things. Um, this podcast is still kind of an amorphous blob. Um, you know, my, my main goal is to just have conversations with people, but to, um, you know, try to show people that we could, we could agree on the important things in some aspects or disagree with civility, you know, uh, I feel like people lack that these days. They can't agree to disagree, uh, which look, look, man, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let Texas have good food, but you know, on that one thing, I'm sorry, Louisiana's food's just, just better to me. But anyway, <laughs> you know, it's just messing with you. But so, uh, if you don't mind, we'll kind of get to some politics talk, you know, some of the, some of the interesting stuff, um, which I don't feel like you and I will have too much conflict Um, We tend to to kind uh, of agree on stuff But we can talk about Some of the little details And and see where that goes Um, I for the most part Consider myself a Conservative leaning centrist Um, I have some very conservative views If if you want to talk about abortion I'm pro-life I don't really like You know Printing a bunch of money Even though COVID kind of changes that perspective for me, but, uh, you know, I I tend to fall towards the conservative side, but the the irony is, is like, if you want to talk about drugs, then I'm probably a lot more liberal. Um, I do want to help people. So it's not that I'm against what could be free healthcare. I just want it done right. You know? So it just kind of depends what we're talking about, which is mostly why I consider myself a centrist. And then also because like, I don't like the two party system. I think it's failed. I think it's all it does is create a divide between the people in those parties, you know, um, to quote the, the late, terrible Hillary Clinton. That's, that's still alive. You know, she, she called the other side of the aisle, the enemy. um, And then she later on recanted, but I feel that conversation is just kind of hard to be like, oh, I didn't really mean it. You know, no, it's like you you meant it. You meant it when you said it and then you realize it was a political blunder. Um, And I think. The two party system has kind of driven our government to be at each other's throats, to consider each other enemies and to act accordingly. Um, And I'm not saying that's excusable. But I'm just saying it's a problem. It's a major problem because, you know, these people are supposed to be our representatives. They're supposed to be our leaders. You know, they're supposed to fight for us. And it feels like they're fighting for themselves more than anything, you know, or they're fighting against their enemies. But whether you're left or right and you're in Congress or whatever, you're not enemies. You're supposed to be, you know, you can disagree on the policy but you're not supposed to consider each other enemies because your goals should be the same thing, which is to take care of America, right? Exactly. So, with that being said, um, what do you consider yourself politically, you know, on the spectrum or or whatever you want to call it? I mean, honestly,
1: what you said sounds about on par with me. I mean, I consider myself pro-life, but... I'm still kind of iffy on if I want government having control to, like, completely ban it or anything. Uh, I feel like there should be some regulation, but not... I just don't like giving the federal government full
0: control, you know? I, uh, I, so, kind of like a libertarian, kind of like, look, man, just leave me the fuck alone and let me do my thing and we'll be fine, right? Like, that's kind of... Um, I feel you right? on that. I feel you on that, like... I don't disagree. Policies, financially, and on drugs
2: and all that,
0: but. Mm-hmm. I um, like I like the idea of just like, look, you just leave me alone and let me do my thing. You know, I don't, I don't need you to babysit me. I don't need you to make decisions for me. Really, to be honest with you, just, just let me do my thing. Yeah. Um, abortion's very muddy, you know. Uh I don't know how far down that rabbit hole you want to go, but I think at the end of the day the government's mandate should be to take care of its citizens, right? And it all depends on what you consider to be a life on whether or not you agree with abortion because like I consider life at a very early stage in pregnancy, like an almost at the beginning stage. So If the government's job is to protect our lives, and I consider, you know, the unborn child a life, then I feel like it's the government's mandate to stop the extinguishing of that life. You understand? And the only reason I accept a breach of the leave me alone policy that I have is in the event that someone's getting fucked over or killed, you know? Yeah. Because that's, that's where... On a federal level, you know, you should have the power is to stop people from harming other people. Um, And I consider abortions to be harming a life, to end a life. And if you believe that, then you should be okay with the government taking a step and saying, look, we're not going to allow you to kill this thing. You know, but on the flip side of that, um, I don't want to tell... Women what to do with their bodies You know I'm not Like I'm not trying to violate their individual agency Um But I do hold them accountable for their actions And I don't believe A poor choice of actions Is A good enough reason to end the baby's life You know Um With that being said though I respect the fact that Some of the people I love and care about They don't consider that a life you know, that's what they believe. Um, it, it makes me sad. It makes me kind of angry. But, like, I'm not... I don't consider them murderers for it. You know what I'm saying? Because in their yeah. eyes, they don't consider that to be a life. So it's different. Um But at the end of the day, it's just so controversial of an issue. You know? And I've had all the debates. I've had tons and tons of debates uh, surrounding... Pro life, pro choice. And um, for me, I've just got to be pro life. Now, where I differ from some people is in the, you know, on a state level. Because if you want to get into like religion, that's my my views religiously are kind of different, you know? Um, But from an aspect of governing people and what makes a logical argument, if a woman gets raped, she didn't have a, a choice. You know what I'm saying? Um Whereas someone who willingly gets pregnant, that's different. If you don't have a choice, then I, I'm not going to hold you accountable for something that was forced onto you, you know? Exactly. So, I can agree with an abortion in that aspect. Also, like, it doesn't make any sense. If, if If your unborn child dies inside of you, you should be able to abort it. Like, hands down. Like, I don't understand... I don't know if the law quite covered that. Um, some people talked about like no abortions whatsoever. I'm like, no, bullshit. Like, if the child's dead, abort it. Like, why, why are you making that woman carry her dead child inside of her to term? Why? Because you don't fully... Like, I get it. I, I understand. But just, no, don't. Um, you know, and those are my two exceptions. Like, and, and if a woman were to get raped... I would hope that she would still understand that that's her child. You know, regardless of the piece of shit that assaulted her, like that's still her child. And I would hope that she would keep it or she would keep it alive long enough to, to give it up for adoption. You know, but I would respect her decision if she didn't want to have it. It would still hurt me, you know, like I would still feel pain that that life was ended. But I could, you know, accept that from a state level, you know, from a federal From a perspective of running a country where our main goal is to allow all these different cultures to co-mingle and to respect what they do, you know. Um, But like I said, I mean, killing somebody is a perfect excuse to violate individual agency to me, you know. Like if I walk around and I see someone hurting someone else, I'm going to stop them. And I'm not going to be like, oh, well, no, you're you're an individual. I'm not going to infringe on on you. Like, no, you, you're hurting <laughs> someone. I'm going to stop you. Like, this is yeah. the one thing I think all people should do, you know? You, do you agree with that? Just kind of? Definitely,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just
0: lost my train of thought. I was about to go off on something. But, uh, no, like... Sorry, I talked too long, man. Um, I, you can right, interject. <laughs> So, we're talking about abortion. We're talking about uh, individual agency. Um, we're talking about the government leaving us alone. The whole. What you said about the rape with the uh, abortion in terms of that, mm-hmm. I've heard, because I
1: debate with both sides. Uh, mm-hmm. But just the one thing that kind of upset me, I guess, is the recent push on the conservative side of. If, um, if a woman gets raped, uh, it was God's will or something, and, like, she needs to carry the term, and it's like, dude, I can't get into that. Like, I care about religion, I care what your religion is, but it shouldn't, you shouldn't make policy based
0: on religion, you know? I mean, look, just... Especially
1: when it differs that much.
0: Yeah, even if it is God's will that you got raped, maybe it's still his will that you don't have to carry that child, you know? Um... I'm not going to use God's will to, to to like you said to dictate actual legislation and I'm religious like I'm you know like I'm religious I believe in the right and freedoms of religion um but in all my quote-unquote travels of debate um you know I've learned to use actual evidence to use actual logic in these arguments I never use the Bible. I never quote God. And, and it's funny. Cause when I'm in these debates, like if we don't really mention religion, like the other person will start trying to accuse me of like religious thoughts. And I'm like, no, I was like, I have arguments. Like I have arguments to why I consider this to be a life, you know, it, and these are legitimate arguments based on science. They're not based on religion. They're based on science. They're based on actual evidence that scientists and doctors have seen. And the whole problem is is it literally boils look, I can tell you right now, it literally boils down to one thing. What do you consider a life? Because you can't prove when life starts. You really can't. Or or well, technically you can. I think you can, but it comes down to what do you consider a life? Is it is it the unborn fertilized egg? That's growing in the womb that's attached to the uterine wall of a a woman. Or is it cognitive function? You know, do you have to, does your brain have to be firing? Which is roughly what, like around four or five months, I think, into pregnancy. You know, those are the questions that you're not going to be able to prove which one's right. You know, you can merely say, this is what I believe. And here's what the science shows for this. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're right. It means you have an opinion based on when life starts, and now you have science showing that thing. But that science doesn't say that you're right. It just shows what you're talking about. You know? Yeah. And that's why I think it's such a muddy area. It, it is, and that's why. Can go way. And that's why when someone says they're pro-choice, like I understand their arguments. I've had these debates like i understand where you're coming from you don't want to tell you know it's not that they want to kill babies it's it's not that they don't want to tell women what to do with their bodies and i could respect that i understand that i don't want to tell women what to do with their bodies but when what they're doing with their body is killing someone else that's a problem okay uh, like it just straight up and the way the law is already set up, the way society is set up, we already agree as a whole that if you're killing someone, society should stop you from doing that, right? We should have police that stops you from doing that or punishes you for doing that. So why is it any different when it comes to abortion? Well, it, it's different because it's it's not an autonomous human outside of the womb. It's, it's a baby. So I understand. I understand the differences. I understand their arguments, you know. And like I said, I don't want to tell women what to do with their bodies. I really don't. But I don't want to allow them to kill somebody because they're not ready yet. You know, and I've had two beautiful children and both of them were planned. And I can tell you right now, you're never going to be ready to have a kid. You can be in a better place. You can be in a better place financially. You could definitely do that, but you're still not ready. It's just a whole different world, man. It's a, it's a different mindset. And I love it, but, yeah. you know, if, if your excuse is, well, I'm just not ready yet, like, nobody's ready. It's not a good excuse. Like, you make it work. Yeah. You know, and if you can't make it work, right. there is always adoption. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm huge on uh, being accountable for your own actions, like you mentioned earlier.
0: Well, and that's my right. thing. Like, what, what 16-year-old doesn't understand what pregnancy is or how to get yeah. pregnant? I mean, and especially these days, man, with, with the internet and like when I was going to high school, when I was in high school, I had a Motorola Razor phone and they would charge you out the ass to be on the internet on it. Okay. Like there was no apps. There was no, like you had an internet and you could look up stuff, but they would charge you for that shit like crazy amounts. Um, so like, you know, there was no like looking up porn when you're in a high school, you know, <laughs> uh, and these days in age, like you can go on youtube and as a twelve year old and you can find out about the birds and the bees and everything else and yeah, and most parents these the, yeah well, and that's what I'm saying, like their stories, but also parents these days are most more likely to give their kids to the talk at a very early age because of that, you know, so yeah. it's not that they're not educated, you know it's not that you haven't someone hasn't told you that having sex will can lead to pregnancy, everyone knows it does. You know, there might be one or two that don't because their parents neglected their education and they haven't hit sex ed in high school yet. But besides for that, everyone knows what causes pregnancy. So you can't sit there and tell me you didn't have a choice. Uh, You can't sit there and tell me that I took, you know, I'm taking away your individual agency. Like you knew what you were doing and you chose to risk it and this is the consequences of your choice. I didn't take your choice away. You had choice throughout the entire process. You'd be like, "You know what? I'm not getting pregnant." And if that means not having sex or if that just means using practicing safe sex, you know? Um yeah. but it's a risk. So and I'm a firm believer if you make a decision to do something, you own up to the consequences of that decision, whether they're good consequences or bad consequences, you know? And as a society i think you have to hold people accountable for their actions you know this is what law and order is about if you do something wrong well i have to hold you accountable for what you did you know but it goes the other way if you do something good well then i'm going to praise you for doing something good you know i'm going to recognize it i'm going to try to perpetuate it um but you know it's that one aspect of responsibility that you know, pro-choice people just don't understand where I'm sitting going like, look, you made a choice and the consequences of that choice is not what you wanted, but I'm going to hold you accountable for it because you made that decision. You yeah. know, and you can't get it. you know, there's no get out of jail free card via abortion. You know, I think that's unacceptable. You shouldn't be able to vacate your abortion just because you don't want to have a kid right now. You know. Yeah. I mean, I've had a friend who told me about uh, his ex, um, he broke up with
1: her because she got an abortion for his daughter. Uh-huh. And that he, uh, or she ended up going around telling all her friends or whatever, their friends, yeah, this was like my sixth abortion I've had or whatever. Like, she was bragging about it. And he was like, dude, I almost went to jail that day. Like, yeah.
0: Well. I was so pissed off. You know, it's, um, I come across a lot of the debaters who say that men shouldn't have a choice or shouldn't have a voice when it comes to abortion. Um, and I, I just think that's complete and utter bullshit. Like I respect the fact that you're carrying the child and I, I respect the fact that there are risks to that. You know, it's something we didn't talk about yet is, um, you know, there is a certain risk to health with pregnancy. You know pregnancy changes a woman's body There's no question about that and it can Be dangerous and if You know if you have to save that woman's Life by aborting the baby do it You know I respect that like you Can do that I agree with that I was Like but if you are within a normal Range of women where It's not really a risk to have the Pregnancy and you're at a hospital Then you should have that pregnancy you Know you should have that baby Um, You know The mortality rates of of Pregnancies are so low now where it's not really an excuse to, to just off your child, you know? Um, but and, and look, I think the situation you're talking about probably isn't the norm. You know, it's more, it's, it's, it's probably an- an- anecdotal, you know, uh, or anecdotal, I guess is the way you say it. Um, I'm sure there are some women that treat it like that. Uh, if you do get an abortion, or if you do have to get an abortion, I'm not, I don't, I'm not gonna shame you for it. But you shouldn't celebrate it either. You know what I'm saying? Um, I understand it's a hard decision. It's a it's a hard thing to do. And while I don't agree with it, like I'm not gonna rub your face in the mud over it. Now, if you're talking to me about it, if we're having a conversation about it, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'll be brutally honest with you. But if, if I know you had an abortion, even if I don't agree with it, I'm not going to be an asshole to you about it. I'm not going to sit here and call you terrible names. Like, because what you just did, however terrible I think it is, like, I'm not going to be an awful person to you. Um, or I'm going to try not to be, you know, look, I've had these discussions in the past and I've lost my cool on some people. Um, but the difference is, is now I actively try not to do that. You know, I try to be more understanding, <laughs> which it might not seem like it. Uh, you know, you've seen some of the the, the debates I've been in, and um, I've gotten yeah, I I've gotten. Can't
1: imagine you losing your cool
0: though. Well, I've gotten really good at not making it personal. You know what I'm saying? Um, or backing away for conversation when I feel like it's starting to get personal. You know. Now, does that mean I won't call someone out when they do that shit? You know, like so. And I got anyone who who really knows me knows I'm not racist. Like I, I love all people. You know, um, yeah. I I measure people based on what they give me, not their appearance. Like based on your actions, your words. That's how I judge you. You know, yeah. I'll never judge a book by its cover. So I'm I'm not I'm not at all racist. But I've been called racist because I gave an opinion that was not favorable to the person I was talking to. And they couldn't refute it because they just they I'm not going to say they weren't smart enough. They just didn't have an argument, you know, so they defaulted to, oh, well, you're a racist then, you know, and I got pissed off about it. And I was like, look, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm not racist and it's it's highly offensive for you to call me that, you know, Uh, I don't appreciate it. And you need to back the fuck off Uh, because I have nothing good to say to somebody who's going to call me something derogatory, you know. Um, And in that kind of instance, yeah, I kind of lose my cool. I'm still nice about it. You know, I'm still like, look, I'm giving you a (laughs) warning back the fuck off because I don't want to go there with you. Like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be angry angry and pissed off and, like, shouting at you, you know, be a keyboard. Um, so, uh, I don't know if it's wisdom or age or I've just debated so long. Um, but I try to be civilized, you know. Um, it's not easy, though, bro. It's not easy. We deal with some crazy people sometimes, <laughs> you know. I'm just I was sitting here going, like, man, what the fuck did I get myself into, you know? And then, like, you took a, fuck, what, how many-month hiatus from Facebook? Nine months. Nine yeah. months? It don't feel like nine months at all. But, like, because you just got in too deep, man. And so, like, what I won't leave Facebook, but what I'll do is I'll just stop answering people, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't have an issue with stepping away from it and just being like, hey, um, you know, I'm not interested in this, this talk. I'll take, i do the same with politics though. I just get tired of it after a while because it comes, it becomes really repetitive, you know? So I'll just take a step. Yeah. I'll just take a step back and, and, uh, not engage people, you know? Uh, the other thing is recognizing posts that are pointless to comment on. It would just be a waste of my time, you know? Uh, yeah not messing with that because i know that it's just not going to end well so there's just no point in doing it
1: um and i started to get better at that i have a lot of um friends that aren't really educated on politics but like to try and talk on it and well i used to like try to educate
2: them. Mm-hmm. didn't go anywhere and no. so it's like man you just
0: gotta learn to leave it Yeah. like i had I had a post the other day and um, it was uh, with Alexander Damala from, from the sports group. Uh, I'd love to have him on here one day. I don't know if he, he, he told me he'd be willing to. But um, so he he doesn't quite share all the same views as I do. Like he hated Trump, but he's not really for like leftist policies either, you know, and um, but he made a post about. Biden shutting down the uh, the pipeline you know and basically you know essentially eliminating like thousands of jobs on the first like couple days he's in office and um someone commented on his post and they were like um show me evidence okay and so i saw this and i'm like all right um well first off like it's common knowledge by now like this is day 2 and and Biden is definitely shutting down this thing, you know. So Alex posted a link to you know some an article or whatever, showing like Biden saying that he was going to shut it down. And the person was like, "Oh well, the they didn't like you know make an argument or show how he was wrong. They're like, oh well, I don't like that source. You know, that's a shit. That's a shitty so- source. Therefore." You know, I'm going to dismiss what you said. So I commented and I was like, look, I was like, oh boy, he made a post, which I'm paraphrasing here. It's not exactly what I said, but essentially Alex made a post. You asked for evidence. He gave you evidence. And now you don't like his evidence. So you're trying to dismiss it. I was like, but it's no longer. and, And he what he wanted was Alex to post a different source. And I... I spoke up and I was like, look, he made a statement. You asked for evidence. He backed up his 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 statement with evidence. Now it's your job to show evidence to why he's wrong, you know, because even, even a broken clock can be twice, be, be right twice a day, you know, a bad source can still post something truthful every once in a while. So. If you don't like the source, then it's your job to show why the source is wrong. That's how an actual debate occurs. Because this one-sided like, oh, well, I don't agree with what you're saying. Show me evidence. But then when I show you 10 different links and you're still sitting there and you're saying, well, I don't agree with your evidence. Well, then it's a stalemate. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't you can't debate with someone who's not willing to accept any bit of evidence that you give them. And they're also not willing to prove you wrong. See what I'm saying? Um, so, like, I left it at that, and, and you know, Alex responded. He just kind of laughed at it, and I was like, "Look," and but the guy, the guy who was like trying to, you know, dismiss his evidence, he didn't post anything after that, you know. Um, and I'm just saying, like, if you wanna if you wanna have a debate or rational discourse about something, then you have to meet the other person in the middle. You know, you can't just sit there and dismiss everything they say, but not provide any evidence to why they're wrong, you know, but sit there and say, well, you're you're, you're still wrong. Like, no, like, you, there has to be, you have to meet me in the middle. Like, it's not my job to show you everything. Like, I'm going to give you evidence. If you don't agree with that evidence, then you provide evidence to why I'm wrong. <laughs> exactly. The,
1: that's that's kind of why I took that nine-month hiatus, though, is because I just kept finding myself in Arguments like that, and it was honestly a lot of it was my fault as well. Uh, politics doing it for so long just it's toxic and draining, and it kind of changes you.
2: Uh, yep, and
0: I just angry all the time, dude. And yeah, and that that's not good, man. <laughs> you yeah, know, uh, uh, I had to back out of it, kind of focus uh, on myself, but at least, at least you recognize now you, that I'm you back, some time. I feel like I can do it a little bit. But yeah, like look, yeah. You, you can dip your toe in every once in a while without. My mom was... Love it. No, you continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Keep doing that, bruh. Um, I was saying even my mom was starting to say that I was like just seemed angry or upset all the time, and I was like. Okay, this is starting to transfer over into like my actual life, like outside of Facebook. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I need to do something. I mean, it helped a lot kind of become more at peace with myself, you
0: know. Yeah, and it, it's good, you know, your ability to understand that it's affecting your personal life and that you need to back off is a good thing. You know, that's that's wisdom as I like to call it. You know, you're 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 able to, you know, See what you're doing, know that it's wrong, and then act to correct it, Um, which is something I'm always trying to do. And sometimes I'm successful and sometimes I'm not. And, uh, you know, I think what you can get from that is, you know, if you could understand that about yourself, then you could understand that about other people and understand that maybe they're having a bad day or maybe they're not understanding that they're too deep in it, you know. And it's affecting them. Uh, so I try to give people a little bit more leeway, you know, and it, and just like give them a chance to back off and be like, look, let's reassess later. Uh, something I try to do with people, but it doesn't always work, man. You try to give, you try to extend the olive branch and people are just like spit in your face. And I'm just like, man, come on, man. You know, uh, this is why I did, you know, I try to do this podcast because, um, you know, commenting on Facebook is very impersonal. You know, not that not that it can't get personal, but I feel like people it, it doesn't feel like you're talking to an actual person sometimes. You don't get to see their face, you don't get to hear their voice. Um and one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was because of this. I can see your face, I can listen to your voice. We can have a talk, you know. Um and it could be natural and it could just be a dialogue. Um and I feel like there's things you're not going to tell somebody when you're sitting face to face with them, you know, because you're not an asshole. Uh, some people will, but I feel like it encourages better talk or just it's more conducive to a situation where maybe you can agree to disagree instead of hating each other and calling each other terrible things, you know? Um <laughs> And I said it before. I'll say it again. Like I don't wish violence on anybody, but I do feel like some people need to get some act right every once in a while. You know, That's the movie. A good ass, a good ass whipping can give you some perspective, and people need perspective <laughs> sometimes. But uh, I don't think I'd ever fight anybody. But I think the potential of danger could definitely make you consider your words a little bit better than what you would normally do on the internet. Um, so hopefully it works, man. I'm like I said, this, this podcast is still growing. It's still in its infancy, but I'm trying to foster a space where, you know, me and someone else can talk about these things and have a real conversation face to face, whether it's on zoom or in person and, uh, actually talk about these things. You know, have a conversation, show people that you can have a conversation and you can disagree. Um, I was kind of sad. I had I had a guy lined up last night. I was trying to do a doubleheader, you know, and um, he got sick and I consider myself, you know, conservative leaning centrist. Well, he considers himself a left leaning centrist. Uh, So I was kind of excited to have him on, you know. Because we're a little bit more opposed like I don't you know, I we kind of know each other and we get along and uh, everyone I've had on the podcast so far. We've already have a history together and like we already have kind of a rapport, you know, Uh, so I want to get people on that are a little bit more opposite of me later on, you know, Uh, not, not only to spice things up, but just to show like, look, you could be a Democrat I could be a right-leaning centrist, but we could still find some common ground. Uh, Because the only way to heal this country is to find common ground. And, uh, you know, kind of like I said about the two-party system and everything is, is those things aren't conducive to healing the country. They're they're only conducive to to separating the people, you know, making them enemies. And that's bullshit. Like, I don't want to be anybody's enemy. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you really want to be someone's enemy? No. We're all Americans at the end of the day. I mean, I know you've seen
1: me say it a lot, especially when I was actually into politics. Um, that George Washington quote, "The two-party system would be the downfall of this nation," and it's mm-hmm. like, look
2: where we are now.
0: Yeah, and it sucks because even though he felt that way, he still kind of let it happen. You know, um, yeah. but some of like many of our forefathers were against the party system. You know, they they knew that it would end up kind of like this, and it, it has. Um, and it's so hard to just get somebody else in there. Uh, these systems are just kind of established, you know? Um, and like, I kind of liked, you know, you listen to Joe Rogan or uh, even Andrew Yang, who, who ran on a democratic ticket. Um, I don't agree with everything, but you know, the, the idea of getting money out of Washington, you know, um, giving everybody on the ticket. Let's say like the same kind of ad revenue. You know what I'm saying? Um, Or saying, okay, like, well, every American has X amount of money (laughs) that the country is going to give them. And they put that towards the candidate that they want, you know, and the candidate can use that for ads and everything else or or whatever. Um, I don't necessarily always agree with these, but I think something different needs to happen, you know? Uh, I complained about the election process. Um, you know, like the right side, when Donald Trump ran four years ago, uh, the right side had like five candidates on the ticket, you know, and Donald Trump won, but Donald Trump didn't have like a 50% majority. He had like a 44%. So in my eyes, if you don't have half of Republican voters voting for you, then that should be a runoff, you know? you take you take the top two people <clears throat> you make everyone vote again and then the winner of, of those two people go on but they didn't do that so like trump trump became the 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 candidate with like 44% of the votes you know yeah. so that means like there's half of half over half of the people in the republican party didn't even vote for trump to be president but they got stuck with him you know um yeah. And then on the left side, you have super delegates who can just overrun the votes and choose who they want, stuff like that. I, I just think it's bullshit. Like, we should have, you know, a solid voting system used by both sides that's fair. And I don't think we have that right now, <laughs> you know? Um, and kind of h- harking back to Bernie Sanders, um, I didn't want him to win. But um, they did him dirty in two elections, you know, they're like, no, nah, f- forget all the people who voted for you. Uh, we're just going to we're going to super delegate our way into voting for either Biden or, or Hillary at the time, you know, and uh, what really sucks. And, and this is, you know, harking back to the party system being just shitty is Bernie got screwed over twice and then he went and supported the Democratic Party. You know, like imagine someone stabbing you in the back, like not just once, but twice, and then you going and standing on a podium and supporting them anyway. You know, it does. I think that's politics, though, man. (sighs) If You look at Ted Cruz, Trump was like going in on a party. Oh, yeah. Talked about his wife. Talked about his wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then he turns around and is like
0: acting like best buddies. Fuck that fuck that. I don't care if it's politics or not, man. If you talk bad about my wife, I'm gonna take you to the other room and beat the shit out of you. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care if you're the president. I don't care if I'm a congressman. I don't think any one person should have all that power to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're willing to throw away your morals in the pursuit of of being a more powerful politician, you're a piece of shit. And fuck Ted Cruz for that. You know what I'm saying? And like, I don't mind some of Ted Cruz's policies. I voted for him in the in the Republican primaries. I voted for him over Trump in the Republican primaries. Um, and he don't and he didn't get it. Um and look, he's a career politician, so you know, I don't like Ted Cruz as much as I used to. Uh, I would I prefer him over. Yeah, I don't either. Would I prefer him over Biden? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, all this shit right now, and they're like, well, you know, Ted Cruz incited, uh, you know, the, the the storming of the Capitol and all this other shit. I was like, look, do I agree with his actions? No. Do I think he was trying to incite a civil war? No, I don't. I think I think the left is just trying to use that to get rid of him because Ted Cruz, for whatever he is, he has power, you know, yeah. in, in Congress, and they don't like that, and they're trying to get rid of it. Um, but, I mean, I think... If you gave either party the option to get rid of the other party, they would take it. Yeah.
1: You and know that's where we are is like circling yeah. back to what you said about them viewing the other party
2: as the enemy instead of we're all Americans just with different Yeah,
0: teams. like you should be working together. Like if you want to disagree on policy, that's fine. But if you hate each other, then obviously there's a problem. And we need to fix that problem because yeah. if you hate someone, you're not willing to work with someone. That's fucked up. Like Mitch McConnell's a bitch. Um, I hate the fact that the Republicans lost the Senate majority, but I'm not sad to see Mitch McConnell get replaced by someone else as Senate leader Uh, because he was just a a piece of shit. And he was, you know, don't get me wrong. I I don't think that there should be anyone in politics for 30 years or 40 years or 50 years. Like, (laughs) eventually... I feel like a conflict of interest forms at that point, you know. Um, do I think there should be term limits on con- you know Congress people? Yeah. Do I think it should be the same as presidents? Probably not. It should probably be a little bit longer, you know. But I think I think if you're in Congress for twenty years, you served your time and you shouldn't do any more than that because then you're going to start forming relationships with big companies and all this other shit. Yeah, there's a disconnect from the population. <coughs> yeah. And then like it's always noticeable, okay? Like you'll see you'll see a congressperson retire and end up working as a top brass person in a Fortune five hundred company making millions of dollars a year. And you're like, Oh, yeah, that's not a kickback for giving them what they wanted yeah. while you were a congressman. Um I could say that about anybody. Go look at Bill Clinton. Go look at Obama. Go look at George uh, George Bush. Um, they would go and speak at a 15-minute meeting and make half a million dollars. Who the fuck do you know makes half a million dollars to go talk for 15 minutes? Hopefully me in the future. Hopefully me in the future. You're not wrong, man. Um, but I'm just saying, like, that. that's shady. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and then all these people are making way more money when they retire from Congress or just government in general than accounts for what their salaries actually were, you know? Exactly. And
1: I'm not... I forget who it was, but someone went in with a net worth of around like 50,000 or whatever and then came out with a net worth of over like 2
2: billion. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Well,
0: I mean, if you serve with them long enough, you could probably make a couple million dollars. I mean, their, their salaries are, are high. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, you know, these shape, like they set themselves up in good grace with the people that they're not supposed to be toadying with. And then when they leave office, they go on toady with them, you know? And it's just bullshit. It's just like, look, man, I, I don't trust you because I feel like you did what was in the best interest of what you wanted. As opposed to what's good for the American people. And what's fucked up is. Is the two party system divides us so much. That we can't stand together. And get rid of these fucks. And be like no. Y'all aren't serving us. We no longer want you. You
1: know. And that's how you get. That's (laughs) opening a spot for the other side.
0: Well that's the thing. Um, You know it's. You know, I could understand if the American people banded together and they marched on Congress and they they said, all right, y'all fucks are out. We're replacing y'all. You know, I could agree with that. I could back up that. But what you end up happening is something like that happened the storm in the Capitol recently, which I didn't agree with because it was a minority of people from the right. And it wasn't even everyone there. You know, it was just. A small fraction of the people at the the protest ended up storming the Capitol. So they weren't representative of the whole. They were just extremists. They were right sided extremists, is what they were. And you can't sit there and say you're gonna you're gonna overthrow the government or whatever they were saying, when half of Americans don't even agree with you, you know. Like you, you can't do it. I'm sorry you. You need everyone to back you up. If all Americans agreed that we need to overthrow the current government, that would be fine because all Americans would be behind it. You know. Um, but when you have a small fraction trying to do it, like, nah, bro, that's bullshit. And then you can't, you can't go destroying shit and endangering people on your extremist views. I'm just, it's kind of like talking about the BLM you know, protests slash riots, whatever, like, you can't, you know, I saw a lot of hypocrisy lately, because people are like, oh, you know, these people are wrong, like, they can't destroy government property, I'm like, you, like, for months, I watched you burn cities, destroy courthouses, destroy public property, yeah. and, and y'all were cool with that. But these people are doing it, and now you have a problem. Like, okay, I had a problem with both things. And I said I had a problem with both things. Because yeah. I do. But, like, you're not being consistent, you know? And then...
1: Oh, bro, that's what I was trying to say with Matthew. Uh, I'm sure you know his one.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I can't... I, I I, can't even see what he says unless it's in the sports group, so... Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, um, that dude... I couldn't believe it because, like, you—you know, I'm liberal, all that. Mm-hmm. We've been disagreeing with each other for years now, but we've always
1: kind of had a level of respect for each other, agree to disagree. Yeah. But then, the moment I logged on on January sixth, and I saw him like, "Oh my God, this little terrorist uh, storming the Capitol right now!" Uh, what do you say? Later on that night, he's like, "If you support," what happened today, then you can kindly go kill yourself. And I was like, okay, wow. yeah. I was like, that doesn't even
2: sound like you. Like the person I'm friends with wouldn't be like telling people to go kill themselves. Yeah. For disagreeing or whatever.
1: Um, so I kind of like started talking to him was like, Dude, that doesn't sound like you. Like violence in general is bad. We should agree on that, but I literally watched you for months. To support and turn the turn a blind eye towards all the BLM riots uh, every time they would destroy a courthouse light it on fire took over city blocks and declared it as not America anymore like a different country yeah and he was supporting that yeah but then you're gonna tell people to kill themselves for marching on a capital
0: yeah um, if if nothing else like, it's keep- inconsistent
1: Yeah, I was like, either keep the same energy or just stay silent on both of them. Uh, That's all I was saying. And he goes, "Um, you're just a bootlicker, uh, Trump supporter, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, dude, I don't even, like, after that march, I couldn't even say I supported Trump anymore, honestly. Like, as a person.
0: Yeah. Um, I never supported Trump, but I was still against it. Um, But... But it's like you were saying, like, your point isn't that you supported them rushing the Capitol. Like, your point was, is like, look, don't sit here and talk about them as terrorists if you weren't calling the BLM rioters terrorists also.
1: Exactly. Keep, like
0: like you said, keep I, that same energy.
1: Yeah. And I told him, I, would like, I went through a whole discussion. I was like, I don't agree with anything that happened i don't even support trump anymore like my faith had been wavering for a little while
2: because
1: uh i started to realize how some of it was kind of cultish um but
0: oh it's very cultish (laughs) very i
1: I went to a trump rally i mean it was fun the trump rally was fun yeah but once we got inside and the whole rally actually started they like did a whole prayer um asking god to protect our savior trump and all that oh god no yeah, I was like, this kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I can't,
0: um, like, don't, anybody who's saying he's a savior, I'm like, look, bro, Trump ain't Jesus. Um, yeah. And, I mean, um, I've never, I voted for Trump, but I never really supported him. But I always find myself in a difficult situation of calling people out on their hypocrisy. Yeah. Uh, you know, or making up lies. Like, Trump had enough rope to hang himself with what he would do. Like, why, exactly. why do you feel the need to make shit up to make him look worse? You yeah, know, like, no, just, just use what he has. Because when exactly. you start lying, you make what you say not credible.
1: Yeah. No, that's where my, that's actually where my support for Trump kind of started. was, uh, I, I used to be super liberal. Hated Trump, thought orange man bad, all that. Yeah. But, uh. I was watching all these Trump supporters wearing MAGA hats getting the shit beat out of them just for wearing a hat and trying to have a mm-hmm. peaceful dinner. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, political violence shouldn't be accepted. Like, I'm liberal, I hate Trump, but I don't think people should be getting beat up, beat up for.
0: Mm-hmm. For wearing a MAGA days. hat or even just a yeah. red hat. Like, people were getting beat up because they were wearing red hats. Yeah. That didn't say anything. Um, and.
1: I was like, I just made that one post on Facebook. I was like, I kind of want to wear a MAGA hat to school just to see what would happen.
2: I remember and that I post kinda, too.
1: Yeah, I was like, I kind of just want to make a make a point, you know? And had so many people. You're a racist, bigoted, homophobe. I'm like, what? What did I say that was racist or homophobic? Like what? Um, calling me a trump supporter even though i said i hated trump in the post like it and just the, didn't
0: make any sense but the funny thing is they don't understand that that's that's what helped create the cult of trump exactly. like they pushed people there and it's look like there's a lot of ignorance and, and a lot of culture you know cult stuff and then like i said like a two-party system like you know it's all about being part of something and yeah. You know, lying about Trump, even as terrible as he is making up false things about him that pushed people towards the cult. Right. That's exactly. Um, and then, you know, the basket of deplorables is what I call it. You know, calling people racist, homophobic, all these other things. Um, When these people aren't like most of these people didn't even really like Trump, but they fucking hated Hillary. So they supported Trump because they thought he was the better option, and you're calling them every terrible word in the book. And all that did was push them towards Trump. It didn't take them away. It didn't convince them otherwise. It, it created a situation where they're like, if this is what not supporting Trump looks like, I'd rather support him. And exactly. And look, I'm not trying to take take away the blame from them because a lot of them did some pretty, you know, a lot of them have said pretty shitty things. Some of them are terrible people. Not all of them, but some of them are, Definitely. Uh, you know, Definitely. The, the actual Nazis, the actual like white supremacists that support him. They're shitty people. And I'm not talking about them at all. Yeah. You know, I don't agree with them at all. I think they should get I don't mind punching them in the face, so to speak, <laughs> you know, um. I want it because I, I support their right to believe whatever they want to believe, even though I strongly disagree with it. But if I saw them hurting someone, I would fucking destroy them. Um, but the point is, is this cult of Trump was created because you, they cons- the other side consistently attacked innocent people and and just kind of pushed them over the edge, man. And um, so like. Both sides are to blame for that shit. You know, I'm not saying it's just the Democrats' fault. It's the Republicans' fault, too, because they catered to it. They used it and abused it. Make no mistake, the Republican Party took advantage of everything they could to, to give themselves more power. And that's also fucked up. But I deal with a lot of people, even now, where the Republicans are all to blame. It's There's no Democrats that are at fault, you know. It's no, anyone, and I'm sitting there going like, this is just that that same two-party bullshit. Like, no, both parties are to blame. If you want to blame one more than the other, that's fine. As long as you blame both of them. I don't give a shit, you know, but don't sit here and say it's just one side. No, you cater to that bullshit. It's just like the BLM riots, okay? As a country, people decide to say, hey, you can go ahead and destroy property if you feel like you're doing something that's right. Not whether or not everyone agrees with you, but if you feel like you're doing something that's right, then you go destroy shit. And I think that, you know, the storming of the Capitol is not the same as BLM, but it's similar because all those people that did that felt like they were doing right. Okay, exactly. They weren't there to destroy America. They were there to fix America, and I don't agree with them and their methods. But what I'm saying is is I don't agree with BLM. I, I, I agree with... BLM the message you know cause 'cause, you know you and I both know like black people get treated like shit sometimes and it's not right but BLM the organization I don't agree with I never did um and I don't agree with writing, and stealing and destroying shit in the name of BLM um but their message what they were trying to do was right it was morally right but some of the actions of their extremists were wrong. Definitely. And the same, the same on the other side. Like these people, what they wanted to do, they thought was right, but what they actually did was wrong. Um. Whether you agree with them or not, it's very similar. I'm not saying it's the same because it's not the same, but it is similar in some aspects. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've had people try to, was, yeah, go ahead. i saying
1: that's what I was trying to tell. Matthew, I think that's what set him, sent him over the edge and actually made him block me after trying to tell him to keep that same energy. I was like, Shit, man. I, I mean, he, he was he, saying they're not similar. And I was like, yeah. they kind of are similar. and
0: He blocked me because I told him like, I'm going to like, because me and him used to debate all the time too, right? And um, yeah. like it got to the point where I told him, I was like, look, I'm going to say what I want to say if you want an echo chamber, like if you want to be surrounded by yes men, people who are just going to tell you what you want to hear, block me. And sure enough, he did. Um, and it didn't really bother me that much. Like I was kind of sad because I considered him to be a friend, you know? And, and like how he so easily blocked me. I was like, well, obviously we weren't as good of a as I thought we were. Um, now it just doesn't really matter. Uh, you know but it's just when people get so far up their own ass or their own party's ass where they can't see the light of day that's that's the problem and and that's why I don't like the two-party system is because <coughs> it fosters the idea that we can't admit that we're wrong or concede points you know um that's a huge problem and look hey we all nobody wants to be wrong nobody wants to sit here and say look you know what i was wrong nobody likes saying that shit man but to grow as a person you need to understand what you do wrong and correct it and admit you're wrong you know um it's kind of like lying like i um i make an active effort never to lie to people you know um One, because I feel like eventually the truth comes out, always, you know? And why do you want to be caught lying? Like, why do you want to look like the ass? Like, tell them the truth. They really want to know the truth, tell them. Does that mean you need to be an asshole about it? No. You can put it in nice terms. Um, But it's the same with debate. Like, if you know you're wrong, if they say something and it clicks in your brain, like, hey, I'm fucking wrong apologize. Tell them, look, I'm sorry. You're right. I made a mistake or uh, sometimes I'll say something and it gets misconstrued. You know? And yeah. I'll go back and be like, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Like, you're not understanding what I'm saying and I'll try to explain it differently because what they think I'm saying isn't what I'm actually trying to say. You know? <coughs>
1: uh, um, I think that day that Matthew blocked me, I actually... It was actually that post where he said there were literal terrorists storming on the Capitol right now and I had heard about the uh, I had heard about the March. Um, honestly that's kinda what I kind of wavered my faith in Trump a little bit and his mm-hmm. supporters is, is I heard a post or I saw a post on my, my Instagram about the March and one of the big Trump guys I followed was like The march on the Capitol isn't for the pop culture conservatives. This is for true patriots. Uh, If you go and aren't expecting a fight, then you will get hurt or something like that. And I was like, this doesn't even sound like the same people I follow. Like, the people I follow, the reason I started becoming a Trump supporter is because of the whole no violence. Mm -hmm. Go about it the right way, and this sounds like they're getting ready for a fight. And then... not that.
0: My bad. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Um. Here's how I saw it. Okay, like there were people there just protesting. They didn't go into the Capitol. They didn't destroy anything. There was just people there protesting, right? <laughs> and then you had a sect of those people, the extremists, who who actually you know stormed the building, endangered people, someone died, like. They're extremists, and like I was saying earlier, like that's very similar to how the BLM protests slash riots happened, because most of the BLM protests were more peaceful, but they had (laughs) but they had extremists that went around fucking destroying shit and taking advantage of the situation, you know. Um, gets that groupthink mentality. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Everybody starts to join in on it. Definitely, but here here's my thing. Okay. I don't mind calling the people who stormed the Capitol terrorists, as long as you don't mind calling the the BLM extremists who destroyed property and stole also as terrorists. Okay, that's my point. Like, if you want to call them a terrorist, okay. The thing is, is okay. So, like, what I grew up understanding what a terrorist is, and the definition of what terrorist are to these people currently are two different things you know um these days if you're a terrorist all you have to do is incite terror you literally all you have to do is make someone afraid of you and you're a terrorist whereas your old definition is whatever you did had to be politically motivated which don't get me wrong these these things fall under that category but what I'm saying is, is all you have to do to be a terrorist is scare people, then most people are probably terrorists, Yeah. right? Like, I'm a big guy. You, you know, I've told you before, like, I'm 6'5". I'm pushing over 300 pounds. Like, I can walk into the store and someone can just be afraid of me because of my size. You know, does that make me a terrorist if they're afraid of me? No, it, it, I mean... Under the new definition, yes, but am I actually a terrorist? No so well, it's kind of like how nowadays the
1: definition of racist is apparently just saying that political violence is bad so
2: <laughs> well, it,
0: well and it's funny because I've had these conversations with some of my other friends and um, it's funny to watch definitions change um, and it's almost always a political ploy. Like and, and look, I'm not trying to cater to the, the the two-party system, but I find that the Democrats are really good with changing the definition of things to suit their cause, right? Um, racism, by the definition that I grew up in, was anyone who considered themselves superior due to race, basically, you know? And treated people that way. Whereas now. It's supposed to be a system. It's supposed to be systemic racism. In other words. You have to be in control. In order to be racist. And the pro- and that's the argument they were making. To say that. That people of color can't be racist. Because they're not in control. Right. But. The problem with that argument. Is one, it's assuming that everyone in control is white and only white. Okay. That's not the case. All right. We might have, well, we might have a white president, right? But if I go run the stop sign over there and I get pulled over by a, a, a person of color, that's a cop. Okay. Let's say a black cop. They have power over me. Right? So if they hate me because I'm a white person, they can arrest me, they can they can plant drugs on me. Like they can be racist towards me. And they have the power to do that. And that's at every level. There are black judges. There are black lawyers. There are black congressmen. There was a black president one time. Like so you can't sit here and say that you can only be racist if, if you have power. Therefore black people can't be racist because they don't have any power. No, they have power. It's not the same. And in some cases, they are being discriminated against. There is racism. But the point is, is anyone, any individual person can be racist towards another individual.
1: And that's the thing. I feel like most of these things, the way they're trying to change these definitions are actually kind of backhanded and kind of seem racist in and of themselves. Because you're trying to say that black people don't have power. Like, obviously, black people have power. Like you're trying to keep. It seems like they're trying to keep them down. Is what I'm trying to say. Like backhandedly, the whole white privilege saying, saying that, uh, or the white superiority or whatever, where white people need to accept that they have privilege beca- over black people, um, that they have superiority here, over black
0: people. Well, here, here's the thing: privilege. Every every different every group of people. Whether it's large or small, bestow privilege on other people in that group. Okay. Um but that counts for everyone. And it's not just race based, it's culture based, it's religious based. If you're a Catholic and you go to Catholic church, chances are you're Catholic privileged, right? Yeah. Um but that doesn't necessarily always mean that it's it's a negative for anyone who isn't Catholic. You know, like, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, I went to school with you, right? Let's say we went to the same high school. We graduated together. I know who you are as a person. You sign up for a job that I posted. I hire you over other people because I know you. All right. Is that, is that white privilege? Because you're white. Or is that because I grew up with you and I know who you are as a person and I know you're a good worker and I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. And is it no, wrong? Is it is it wrong to do that? I don't think it is. Um, uh, now, now, will I say this? Are there situations where white people get the job over people of color because of their whiteness? I'm sure there are. I'm sure I'm there sure are racists are. out there, and I'm sure that that does happen. There's statistics to show that it happens. Um, but do I think that's a wholesale method for everyone? No, I don't. I don't think it's a majority. Um, you know, I think it just depends on the people. Uh, I think, uh, why don't we take an intermission right now? And then we'll get back on this topic. Well, we're, we're over an hour again, so let's take a break and then we'll, we'll touch back on privilege and we'll start back up. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. We are back. Uh, had a little, little break there. Um, We're talking about privilege and kind of how it pertains to the political landscape and and what it's being considered as. Uh, One thing I wanted to say about that particularly is, um, you know, we kind of agreed that on some scale it does exist. Even white privilege to some extent exists. My problem with it. Is that it's used as a tool to dismiss what some pe- someone says. Um, especially if you're a white male like me. Um, you know, people who can't come up with a valid argument when you're debating them. Will quite literally pull the white privilege card out on you. And be like, well, you have white privilege so you can't possibly understand what I'm talking about. And when they say that, like I just want to facepalm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Like I just want to facepalm and be like, so you, so basically you just want to throw all rational debate out the window and you just want to pull this magical card out that says that whatever I just said no longer has any meaning because I'm white. Yeah, man, because
1: like, at that point, that's where debate dies whenever they start pulling out that crap. <laughs> it,
0: it is because it's like, look, if we can communicate, if we can talk, you should be able to explain to me what you mean. Okay, if I can read a fictional book and like want to cry because a fictional character died in this book, then surely you can portray to me the things that I need to know to understand what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? I just I think the other problem is, is and shit, this might be white privilege. Okay, so white people as a whole, as a group, all right. We're not really concerned about other white people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure... I'm guessing, like, the neo-Nazis are. I don't hang out with them, so I don't know, you know? But your, your average white person in America, when they do something, they're not thinking about other white people. They're thinking about themselves or the people closest to them, right? Whereas, I feel like people of color are just... The black people I've dealt with, when... They talk about something or do something they consider it to be their representative of all black people, you know, Um, which is why you have like calling people an Uncle Tom or a coon um, when they disagree with mainstream black philosophy, right? Uh, when someone like Lil Wayne says, like, look, I've never experienced the what you're talking about, so I'm not gonna th- say that I did, and people called him a coon for it, you know. Yeah. And maybe like he it's,
1: didn't say it didn't exist, he just said he had an experience. Well,
0: look, and I'm paraphrasing, so maybe he said something different. Um, maybe it was because he's rich now and he forgot. I I, I don't know, but but my point is, is, I've seen rational black people say something that made sense and was correct, and they were called a coon for it because it it didn't agree with the mainstream black narrative. And white people, we don't... If someone says something that I don't agree with and they're white, I don't consider all white people to think that thing. I'm calling that individual person an asshole. You know, and I think it's different. I'm not sure... Like I love to, to have people of color on the podcast and, and have this discussion with them and ask them how they feel about it. But I feel like we're more prone, white people are more prone to, to individual notions of what's going on, you know, whereas black people, when they act, maybe they're acting as a representative of all black people or when, you know, they view other races, they think that they're acting as the entire race when white people it, that's not at all the case like I'm not a representative of all white people I never have been I'm a representative of myself I take responsibility for myself not for other people you know um it's just something I, I toy with you know and think about uh and that's why I just don't like the whole privilege argument because like you can't surmise me as a person based on an entire race. I'm an individual. Like, get to know yeah. me, and if you have a problem with me, then tell me about it. Don't blame the fact that I'm white for why you don't agree with me. You know? It doesn't make I mean, sense.
1: I was raised on the
0: uh, quote, the whole uh,
1: judge people not by the color of their skin, but, but based on yeah. the content of their
2: yeah. character. Like,
1: I don't get why that's so difficult for
0: people to understand. Well yeah, and then it's just it's just it's aggravating when someone's like, Oh, you're white, so I'm gonna dismiss everything you say. Yeah. Based on the color of your skin. But I'm at the same time I'm gonna complain because people treat me for the color of my skin differently. You know, exactly. like does it does, how does that make sense?
1: I just don't understand the disconnect there.
0: <laughs> well, I've talked to some rational people about it and they don't really use the whole white privilege argument because they think it's stupid. I've talked to some people who are rational, but they just didn't get into it with me. And their excuses was, well, you just don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, explain it to me. Like, if you can't <laughs> explain it to me, then what are you really talking about? Um, I don't have to live I don't have to experience something firsthand to understand what it could be, you know, or to even understand how it would feel. And that's that's the problem. Um, It's kind of the uh, the oppression Olympics. I like to call it, you know, where these groups of people are looking for a reason to be butthurt about stuff, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I'm sitting here going like, look, if if you go out trying to find something bad every day, you're going to find something bad. Does it mean that it's bad? No, but your, your mental state has you looking for something negative. That can't be healthy, you know. Yeah, it it can't no, be. Was, it can't be healthy to I constantly be looking today, for a reason to be mad. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I heard a quote today. It was, um, I don't know if it's quite on the same topic or not, but uh, it was, um, one son or there were two sons. One grew up with an alcoholic, uh, went home every day depressed as shit, just I'm paraphrasing obviously, Mm -hmm. but uh, he was just a sad individual and whenever he was questioned why, he said, I looked at my dad. And then whenever the other brother grew up, became a successful businessman, had an nice wife nice family all that um and they asked him like why like what got him to that from where his family was and he just said i looked at my dad like it kind of shows the two
2: perspectives mm-hmm. on it I mean, i've kind of been fortunate enough to live that personally my mm-hmm. brother
1: uh, not that great of a life uh in and out of juvie throughout his teens uh currently living with parents at 26 working a janitor job
2: and blowing all of this money mm-hmm. every
1: paycheck mm-hmm. um i'm 19 i'm trying to uh, get successful obviously i'm still living with my parents but i'm at least like working towards a goal and getting there and my family's always said that i'm like supposed to be the kid that makes it i guess <laughs> um supposed to be the good
0: one so at least they're supporting you you know for sure um it's like I tell people like I I always told my wife like you know I don't we have two kids and I think the plan is to only have two kids right but I told her I was like after I turned 32 which I just turned 32 I was like I don't want any more kids like that's the (laughs) cut off age and and you know I, I, I jokingly tell her I was like look By the time I turn 50, our kids need to be 18 years old so they can be out the house, right? Like, you're 18, go do your thing. But look, I'll be honest, realistically, my kids are welcome to stay in my home as long as it takes them to get on their feet. And I stayed with my mom till I was 19. But her and I, we just butted heads, you know? Um, about me staying out later than 10 o'clock, just stuff like that. And it's her home, you know, and she just wanted me to respect her home. But what I wanted to do didn't comply to her guidelines. So the only option left for me at the time was to leave. Now, if I would have been smart, I would have stayed and put up with it because rent's expensive, man. Gas money's expensive. Bills are expensive. So as someone who's a little bit older than you, um, which I'm sure you do appreciate it, you know, it it might be tough staying with your parents at 19, but it there's no reason um, to feel any kind of shame for doing that. You know, I I feel like there's a stigma behind being past 18 and still being living with your parents. You know, now, (laughs) should you should you be 30 living with your parents? Probably not. But, um, you know, those first five years, I'd say between 18 and 25, look, if your parents are willing to help you out by giving you a place to stay so you can save up your money, take it. Use it, man. I feel I feel like half the reason student debt's such a huge problem and, like, all these bills are such a huge problem is because you have kids who just want to get out their house and they don't know how to handle money. And they don't want to feel the shame of being at home with mom and dad. So they go get a fucking apartment that's outrageously priced just so they don't have to live with their parents and they're, they're digging out of a hole the entire time, you know? So, um, you know, you do you, obviously I'm just saying to the general public and everything like look, there's nothing wrong with staying with your parents past 18 and making smart decisions with your money, you know? Um, and nothing wrong with having fun. Everyone wants a while. But, uh... You know, be smart with your money, man. Save it up. Get you a car. get You know, you have a job. Bust your ass. Like, um... Eventually, you'll have kids and a wife. But if you have an opportunity to go make some... Some, you know... Some major cash. Doing some shitty work. But... Getting it done. Go do it. Um... Because it'll make all the difference when you turn 30. You know? Um... I wish I could have done it more when I was younger. Not that I regret my choices, but just I've had to struggle a little bit longer than some people because, you know, I made some poorer choices when I was younger. Um, it is what it is, but you know, that's just my point. Uh, I think we're kind of done with the privileged talk, I guess. I don't really have much else to say. you have anything else to say on it?
1: Just, I feel like Every person, like different
2: groups, race, uh, gender, whatever. I feel like everyone has
1: privilege in their own way. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like everyone has adversities they have to face that are different. Yeah. That vary from group to group. So I feel like we should all just respect each other's, like, privileges and uh, adversities and just kind of mm-hmm. find common ground, you know?
0: Empathy, man. It's, yeah. you know, uh, Give people a chance. Um, I kind of said this in the last episode I did. Uh, you know, I will always give someone I just meet the benefit of the doubt first. And I know that sometimes that's going to lead me to being burned by them. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they'll take advantage or, or something like that. But as as a person, as an individual... I would rather meet every person and treat them in a positive aspect first and get burned than always treating them negatively or assuming the worst to start and then being yeah. wrong, you know. Um so I give people a chance. Um and if they prove you wrong, well, hey, at least I, I held up my end of the bargain, okay. uh, you know.
2: Be, so be I feel like go ahead. I feel like most people are good people. It's
1: just whenever someone, like you said, just gets hurt and they start treating other people bad and like closing themselves off because they've been hurt in the past, then they just end up hurting another good person, and yeah. then it's it's just like a disease that spreads.
2: Well, like, and, and
0: look, in some aspects, I could I could understand, you know, the 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 philosophy behind some of these actions. Or understandings um, You know It's it's a fact that black people Have been shitted on For hundreds of years in America Right <laughs> If if you grew up And Your grandparents were treated like shit Because they were, were a different color Your parents were treated like shit Because they are a different color You're raised and, and you're treated like shit As a different person you know, color, maybe not as bad, but you know, that, that's going to teach you a certain kind of, you know, philosophy when dealing with people, right? Just like with cops. Like if, if you grow up and all you, all you've ever seen is cops from your racist hometown, treating your, your grandparents, your parents like shit, you like shit. Then I understand if you have a bad opinion about cops, because that's all you ever know, you know, but, but, if you do like I do, and you know you don't have to be an ass or, or, or take take risk, but if you treat those cops like they're decent people from the get go, they might prove you right instead of wrong. They might not be pieces of shit, you know. Um, and and that's the same with people, like. I always use this analogy, um, you know, if you want to sell me something, the wrong way to go about it is to punch me in the face first and then try to tell me about it, right? Yeah. Like, that. it, it makes no sense whatsoever to disparage somebody right before you're trying to convince them of something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, all you're going to do is piss them off and they're not going to want to hear from you. I'm going to have to use that one yeah I mean look it's a little, just a little nugget of wisdom I guess I don't I don't know it's just something I've always thought about um you know when I meet new people I give them the benefit of the doubt I treat them like they're good like you're hey you're a good person. And I'm going to assume you're a good person. I'm going to treat you like that. And I'm going to try to be nice to you. I'm going to be friendly. Look, I'm going to try to figure you out. Like, Are you a Saints fan? I hope you're a Saints fan. Uh, do, do you like pizza? I really fucking like pizza, you know? And making a connection with them in a positive way. And then if they're an asshole, well, then I just leave them alone. Because I don't, I don't need that negativity in my life. You know, I don't want... I don't, you know, I'm at the age, I don't want drama in my life. Drama, if I want drama, I'll go debate on Facebook, you know, and then I can leave whenever I'm done. Uh, But in my my actual life, I don't want no drama. I don't want no trouble with anybody. I'm just trying to be happy, and I just want everyone else to be happy. What's wrong with that? You know, what's wrong with wanting everyone to be happy? And look, I tell you right now, if you come up to me and someone's being a prick to you, I'll back you up 100%. You know, fuck that person. Like I'll, I don't give a shit. Just, it's just the same thing with racism. Some black dude come up to me and say, Look, that fucker over there is being a racist prick. Well, hey, let's go let's go talk to them about it. We're gonna settle this right now. I was like, I ain't fucking around with that. You know, like I said, I'm not a violent person, but don't think for a second I won't whip somebody's ass if it's warranted, you know? Yeah. Um and I feel like that's how people should be. Um Give people a chance, man. Give people a chance to be good people. And I feel like most people are going to rise to the occasion and they're going to be good people. Exactly. And that's all I'm asking. I think that's all you're asking too, right? Just try to be yeah. good. Try to give them a chance. Um, I feel like today people are trying to trip you up. They're trying to find out how you're a terrible person and then use it against you. I I've, I've see that all the time in debates. People aren't debating what you're talking about they're trying to make you look bad and how does that make sense you know like so if we're having a debate about something your goal isn't to to prove I'm wrong your goal is to make me look bad that kind of makes you an asshole right like that makes you a shitty person because you're personally you're trying to personally attack me and all because of what I don't agree with you like come on now You know, and um, they, look, I get it. There's some issues that maybe that's warranted, but most of them aren't, you know? You could disagree with somebody without making them look like a shitty person. Yeah.
1: Like we said, not everyone's a shitty person. We just have different viewpoints.
0: It's true. and I agree with you, man. I, I don't think... I think, I think most people are good people. Yeah. Okay, or to have you know the same conversation like i want america to thrive i want it to be a bastion for everything good for everyone you agree with that right you want america to be good you want you want america to be a good place right they do too the people who disagree with you 99% of them want america to be a great place they want people to they don't want people to suffer nobody i don't think i don't think anyone wants people to suffer okay I'm not out to make anybody suffer. I want I want to help everybody. You know, I'm a self-sacrificing son of a bitch. I would, if I had to lose a toe to, to make world peace happen, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think most people, they don't want to see anything wrong. You know, they, they don't want to see harm come to anybody. But it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to to step outside your zone and worry about some not yourself okay um, how to correctly you know discuss this so like my main concern my day to day main concern for me is myself, my family and my close friends okay why? Because those are the things that I can personally affect on a day-to-day basis, right? Now, I hear about North Korea, okay? They arrest people if they didn't cry hard enough when the previous ruler died. Think about that. Five years in prison if you didn't cry hard enough when your son-of-a-bitch dictator died. You know how crazy that is? I would love to stop that from happening. I would love to stop that. But the fact of the matter is, is I can't control that. So, if I can't control something, I probably shouldn't dwell on it, right? So, you know, I don't have a problem with with standing up for what's right. But at the end of the day, I got to worry about me... And the people closest to me, because those are the ones I could directly affect. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think people should be selfish, but I can't solve the world's problems. I can only solve my own. And even then I'm having a hard time solving my own, you know? So like, will will I speak out against injustice? Sure. But I can't spend every waking hour of my day finding injustice and talking about it, you know? No, um, it goes back to a quote that my football coach just said all the time, bro. Mm
1: -hmm. Just control the controllables. Like, in terms of football, it meant just, like, work out as hard as you can and put in the time and practice and, like, where you play, how long you play, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, that'll play out however. yeah, But it also translates over to real life. Like you're saying, just control the controllables,
2: yeah. your energy, your yeah. mindset for the
0: day. Yep. Your yeah, surroundings I, I, hey, friends. Look like, if you have time at the end of the day to fight for something else on a world stage or whatever, do it. Be be my guest. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Yeah. Um but what I'm yeah. saying is is whatever problems you're facing, someone else is facing their own problems, right? And that doesn't mean they don't care about your problems. It just means that they have to solve their own problems first before they can really worry about yours. Yeah. And that's that's what, what's so hard for Americans when it comes to racism or or you know medical or just agreeing on anything is you know I'm worried about what I what I can control right now. And I would like to help you, but this is my focus, you know? And you got to respect that. Um, it's not that I don't agree with you. I just don't have the time or effort or money to, to put towards what you want me to do. Um, you know, and I've dealt with people like that. Um, you know, I I want America as a whole to thrive. I want everyone regardless of nationality, race, creed, religion, I want us all to do well. You know? And and I feel like most people feel that way. Um so when I approach issues of race or or police brutality or whatever, I'm approaching it in the context of wanting everyone to succeed, right? Uh what's best for everyone, right? Not just You know, a specific person or race or whatever, just what's best for everyone. And I've dealt with some people who weren't so broad on what they worried about, right? They were worried about, okay, these are people of color. These are black men and they're worried about black issues, right? But they're only worried about black issues, if you ask them about other issues that don't pertain to black people, they say, look, I don't have the time for that, right? Because I'm perpetuating, I'm trying to get my race back up to par with everyone else, which is fair, right? It's not unfair because that's their problem. Like they're trying to get on an equal playing field with everyone else and our, and our country has held them back for forever. Right. And that's kind of what BLM is about. Um is getting them back to par with everyone else. But where that crosses is is that when we're talking about issues of a country, it's not just about black people, right? It's about everyone. So they're only talking about what benefits black people. I'm talking about what benefits everyone. And there's a disconnect between us, right? because they don't they think I don't care about black people but well, it's not the case I care about everyone and I don't have the time to single anyone out and and only help them all the time which in all fairness I do anyway but you know the, the point is is i guess be aware of what the other people are going through and don't be mad at them if they can't if they can't help you with what you with what they specifically want you to help them with, right? Um, Just
1: try to put yourself in their shoes for a bit.
0: Try, try, you know, understand that, you know, if all they've ever experienced is bad and they're trying to push their group of people towards good as a whole, respect it, respect it. Um, Does that mean that they can't get out of line sometimes, get misguided or forget about all the other people that suffer? It happens. Um, It's like I said earlier, like the oppression Olympics, you know, like some people act like it's a competition on who suffered the worst. Right. And then the winner of the competition is the one that gets to dictate everything. No, that's not how it works. Like we all suffer in our own way. And we all need to understand that. And it doesn't matter if you suffered worse than me. My suffering is most important to me. You know. Um, I guess it just falls back to empathy, man. Have empathy for your fellow man. You know, understand, try to understand where they're coming from. Cause if you can do that, if you can understand where they're coming from, nine times out of ten, you're gonna to get along with them. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna try to you're gonna wanna help them or try to help them. And hey, if you got a time, do it, man. Help your fellow man. You know, understand where they're coming from. I think we could solve a lot of problems if we all did that. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <coughs> so, um, how do you feel about Biden? You think you think that's going to be alright, bro?
2: I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, mean,
1: these first however many days aren't looking too great, but...
0: It, it kind of makes me sad, man. I mean, we, we're both kind of in an oil-filled, centric state, you know, um... Y'all have more ranches and stuff out there, I think. Um, and we have farmland in Louisiana, but a lot of our economy is oil field based and yeah. uh, shutting down the pipeline. Uh, he just put a 60 day moratorium on a new leases for oil exploration. And that's going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah. You know, that's. That's jobs. That's money. That's economy. And with COVID, like shit's already hurting as it is, you know, and um, it just doesn't look good, you know. I, there's nothing good to say about fifty thousand jobs lost, you know, in a time where jobs aren't even really available because of COVID.
1: Yeah, no. Nah, um, just reminded me. I I stopped by Timothy's podcast actually. Uh.
0: Building Bridges Yeah, We can give them a shout out I've Uh, only listened to like one episode But uh, it's the uh, Building Bridges podcast They're on YouTube And they have political discourse I need to listen to it more To really give a a, But look Me and Timothy Don't necessarily really agree on anything (laughs) But um, I believe his heart's in the right place So y'all should give it a listen but anyway, continue
1: I'm um, sorry but I stopped by there on Twitch one night and one of the guys he had on had mentioned uh, that he thinks the stopping the pipeline was a great thing um, and I was like in the comments I was like how how is losing 50,000 jobs a great thing like I get you're trying to say oh it's building green energy. Like, we're going to transfer away from oil and go to green energy, but it's not like it can happen that fast. You're still losing jobs Yeah. That, in a time where people need them. he goes, oh, well, those jobs will transfer over to um, green energy jobs. Like, it'll build more in that field. I'm like, you're still losing jobs, though, and you don't know how many jobs that's going to create. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just kept on saying, "Like it's a great thing. Uh, we need to get away from oil and
0: coal." So I worked. I worked pipeline for four or five months in Alvin, Texas. Do you know where Alvin, Texas, is? I do. Oh, you do. Okay, so it's it's about a mile uh, a mile. It's about an hour south of Houston, roughly, right? Yeah. yeah. And we worked on a. Think was like a twenty-something mile stretch of pipe that needed to be replaced. It's thirty-two inch pipe, right? Natural gas is flowing through it, and all this other shit. All right, so I'll I'll give people a rundown who doesn't have experience with pipeline. These men work whatever, however long the job is. It don't matter if it's two months or two years. That's what they work. Okay. Now, and don't get me wrong, the money's nice. You get a lot of hours. You're going to work 12 days a week. Shit, I worked two and a half months straight with no days off. 12 plus hours a day. I did that shit. All right. But here's the thing. When the the job's over with, these guys get laid off. Okay. The company lays them off. And when the company gets another job, they hire them back on. So, in between jobs, these people don't have money. Okay. They're not, they don't have a solid income. And I'm going to be honest with you, most of them aren't smart with their money. So, they can collect unemployment usually for a little while, but they don't have any money coming in really after that. And they're waiting on another job. So, when you shut down a pipeline job like that and the job already started, they already started building it, right? They already started digging up the pipe and everything. So whatever company took that contract, they're losing money because they didn't finish the job. So not only are you hurting a company, you're hurting all those employees. Because all those employees were waiting for a job to show up. And COVID probably shut them down to begin with, right? So they got this job. They're going back to work. And they think they're going to be working for a while. And you just shut it down. They don't have a job anymore. And yeah. there's no other jobs because your president just decided <laughs> we're not going to do pipelines for now, right? We're gonna shut that shit down. We're going towards green energy. Well, where are these people supposed to work, right? Exactly. Where, where are they supposed to go? Half, half, it's like 50% of all small businesses in America are shut down for good. In some cities it's 70 to 80 percent. And these men and women are supposed to find another job. When there's not really a whole lot of jobs going around right now. That's hard, man. That's hard. I worked oil field, okay? Now this moratorium on, on, on new drilling sites or a new exploratory sites, that's rough, man. Okay, I used to work at a dock. In Fouchon, Louisiana. I work seven days a week, 12 hour days plus. Alright? And we'd load out boats to go to rigs. And some of them were crew boats. So you would see an entire crew for a rig go. Well, for about a month, every every couple of days, you see some crews come in, 40 or 50 people at a time. And they tell each other goodbye. Wish them each other good luck. They all got laid off. They're all going home without a job because of the actions of the president. I well, people will think about that. I, I, I live in a, a state whose economy is solely driven. Well, not solely driven, but a big portion of its economy is based off of oil field workers. And then you hear hundreds of thousands of people got laid off because of the president's decisions on oil. It happened during Obama's presidency. It opened back up under Trump for a little while, but then COVID hit and it got shut down. And now Biden's hitting it and it's going to hurt it more. More people are going to lose their jobs. And there ain't a whole lot of jobs around to be getting because of COVID. That's rough, man. And look, it's like I tell people, whether I voted for the president or not, I hope the president is the best president we ever had every single time. Why? Because I want America to thrive. I want America to be a great country. So whether I like Biden or not, I hope he's the best president we ever had. So far, though, he's not doing good. 50,000 jobs is, is still a lot, right? That's still a lot. And then he's talking about doing other things that could harm more people. And all for what? For green energy? Look, You know what wind turbines require to operate? Oil. You know that? Battery cars require lithium. You have to mine that from the earth. You destroy that site. Right? And look, I'm not saying there can't be better practices when it comes to oil or, or pipelines.
1: <laughs>
0: Fracking. Yeah, there should be a certain standard held. And these companies should be held accountable. I could agree with that. But shutting it completely down is not feasible. Okay, you're not getting rid of oil. Everything we have, from the soles on your shoes to your cars, to rubber, to plastics, it's all derivatives of oil. So you really gotta think about that. I mean, look, do I wanna save the earth? Yes, I do. I don't want I don't want nothing bad to happen. And we we can definitely be more mindful of, of such things. I was like, but we could also, there's technology out there where we can reduce our carbon footprint and still use oil to a certain degree. Um, The pipeline, I don't know, that's, 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 it's been a long time since I I researched that. Um, Unless my memory's playing tricks on me. I'm pretty sure that originally the Native Americans agreed with the pipeline to go through and then something happened and then they wanted more money. And that's where the the dispute was. Right. And then all the environmentalists got involved and it became, well, we don't want y'all poisoning our, our drinking water or whatever. Right. Which, but I'm not saying that's not a fair assumption. All spills happen. They happen all the time but i worked at a fuel dock okay we provided fuel and oil and everything else and part of the classes i had the safety classes i had to take for that job was to understand the federal requirements of companies when it comes to all all spills right <coughs> there are heavy fines And these companies are also heavily responsible for cleaning up any spills that occur. Right? So it's not like there aren't regulations. It's not like there aren't standards. Spills do happen, and they will happen. But if all the standards are followed properly, the effects it has on the environment are heavily mitigated. The problem is is when people don't follow them properly... And then something bad happens, and it's a whole lot worse than it should have been, you know? And on that, I understand. I get it. I get it. Look, I'm not trying to destroy anybody's ecosystem. But that pipeline, in the grand scheme of things, ain't going to hurt nobody. Yeah. Right? And getting rid of those jobs will hurt somebody. And that's what's going on. And I view that whole situation more as a oh, we just want to be uh, environmentally friendly, and it's kind of like a PR win. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, yeah. I mean, the guy... I don't don't like that, so...
1: The guy literally just said, uh, oh, if we can handle, or if you guys can handle just a small bump in your uh, gas prices, then this should be a win for everybody, and it's like...
0: Well... Uh. Honestly, most um most oil-filled people don't mind if um don't mind if the gas prices are high because when the gas prices go up um they're in business. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When gas prices go up it means that there needs to be a higher supply, which means they need to drill more. What's the problem is when gas prices go low. And then these companies deem that it's not worth the money to drill as much because they're not going to make a whole lot, you know. Um, but the American people in general want a low gas price because it costs less to travel. Right. So there's give and take. You know, there's a middle ground somewhere to be had to where both situations can thrive. Yeah. Um, sidebar, my boy Dustin, uh, I can't say his name. Dustin beat uh, Conor McGregor UFC. He knocked him oh, out. Damn. He, he knocked him out, bro. Damn. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm happy for Dustin. Uh, Poirier, I don't know, I can't say, I'm kind of, kind of the vodka is hitting my tongue um <laughs> look if you're from Lafayette if you watch UFC you know about Dustin Poirier um I'm happy he won look I like Conor McGregor but I'm happy Dustin won uh he's got hard work ethic uh some of my friends know him so yeah. just saying he's uh He's a hometown hero kind of, you know what I'm saying? So man, I'm I'm, I'm glad he got paid for this fight and he won. And that's a huge deal for him. Yeah. So, uh listeners, hope y'all appreciate as much as I appreciate just <laughs> you know, a big name guy like that. Yeah, man. I mean, Connor's no slouch. He he might not yeah. be what he used to be, but look, that man is talented and if you don't come to him correct, he's going to knock your ass out. So, <laughs> Uh, good for Dustin for winning. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> oh, gotta <sighs> get tired. My friend, uh, uh, friend on that is actually an MMA fighter. I got to watch this.
1: First match, I think, last
0: March, actually. He knocked out, like, a 30-something-year-old man at 19. It's like, geez. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool, man. Um, it's always fun to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you yeah. know Uh But I like seeing talent rise.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, a lot of these guys will do... Um, kind of like rookie fights, you know what I'm saying? To kind of build up a record before they actually go into a UFC main event, or uh, just an event in general, the prelims. Uh, But it's always fun to see somebody kind of catch fire and and start getting good at what they're doing. Take it to the next level.
1: It'd be crazy if he goes like actual professional, though.
2: Yeah. I just remember playing football
0: with that man at the park after school. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah? I mean, I, shit, I hope he does, man. Uh, you can build up him a little record and then get him a UFC deal to do a couple fights. And, yeah. Hey, just keep winning. Well, i getting you. Uh, a little bit. It's making me tired. Yeah. More than anything, because I've I've been slow sipping it. You know. Um, I'm not what they would call buzzing yet. I'm just loose. Gotcha. <laughs> so, that's all good. Be all right. Um, let's go ahead and do a couple more questions, I guess. So unless you want to do another deep dive into the heavy political shit, but I feel like we covered enough uh <laughs> for tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um what is okay. So I know what your favorite sports team is, but go ahead and let them know what your favorite sports team is. You already know the Pittsburgh Steelers, The so Pittsburgh Steelers. Why are the Steelers your 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 team? You live in Texas, did you used to live in Pittsburgh? No,
1: nah, Texan born and raised, but uh I actually used to hate football. Uh-huh. Uh, I was a heavy nerd, bro. Like my brother was into football. I thought it was stupid. I was like, "Why would you want to hit other people and hurt yourself like that?" Nah.
0: Because it's fun.
1: But, uh, yeah. Um. But I think I came home from school and I, my brother had the Super Bowl on back in '09. Uh huh. And I was minding my own business, doing my own thing, but then I happened to walk in and look at the TV, and the very first play I saw was that uh, James Harrison, 100-yard pick-six in the Super Bowl. Gotcha, uh-huh. So, like, seeing all the screams and all that, and I was like, man, that's actually pretty cool. Something electric, uh, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I at that time, I actually didn't like the Steelers. I wanted them to lose because there was this, like... Douchebag at my school that constantly wore a Ben Roethlisberger jersey.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I thought he was stupid. And I was like, man, fuck the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> but I watched that play, man. And I was like, I right, I got, I got some respect for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that kind of got me into watching football a little bit, and I just started watching mostly the Steelers, just because that's the one team that I really knew about, and. Seeing Ben,
2: Palomalu, freaking
1: Lamar Woodley. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Kind
2: of stuck. <laughs> That's
0: good <laughs> though, man. Like, you know, it fandom comes in many forms. Um, I don't know. I, I was I was technically a Saints fan since I was five. You know. <laughs> um, I got a lot heavier into it in high school because I started playing football, and then. <sighs> one of my best friends who's like a brother hunter he uh he's a big big saints fan he's probably the only person i know that's a bigger saints fan than i am you know (laughs) and i'm a big saints fan and um i started studying the game harder in high school you know what i'm saying stats and and film and and learning not only about my team but other teams and just playing fancy football and just everything man like there's some nights where I'll just, I'll, I'll pick a name, you know, um, not that I need to do it, but like, let's say like a Warren moon, you know what I'm saying? And I'll just do like two hour deep dive into this one player, you know, <laughs> um, just cause I, I love the game, man. I played football for six years. Uh, i watch it. I love it. I, I respect it. You know, it's just something that I'm passionate about and, um, you know, but I wasn't always as knowledgeable as I, I am now. It took years. Um Definitely. You know, it kinda like put your ego aside and and you know, like I think Breeze is a top five quarterback all the time, but I don't think he's the greatest, you know. Yeah. Um but I think he made he made an impact on the game that will forever, you know, forever change the game, you know? Yeah. Um and that's that's just huge. Um, and I was a Saints fan, technically, before Drew Brees ever showed up. But he made me want to know more about the game also. Uh, so, I mean, I, I get you. I, one of my best friends is a is a, a Washington football team fan, right? And, and he's from Louisiana. He was born and raised here in Louisiana. Washington football team, Redskins before that. And I was just like, whatever. And it just sucks because we – we went to um, we went to a Redskins versus Saints game in New Orleans. It was RG 3s rookie year, and he, and they beat the Saints at ho- at home in the dome. Back when the Saints didn't get beat in the dome, you know, I ain't never heard so much fucking shit talking from him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I love him to death, but but uh, I just talk so much shit whenever they play the Redskins. I'm like, fuck, man. And, of course, like the Redskins is just one of those teams that don't matter how bad they are, the Saints just play hard against them, you know?
1: Yeah. um, Trust me, being a
0: Steelers fan in North Texas, I get my fair share of shit. I know. Steelers
1: and Cowboys don't mix. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, at least you're not like a Buccaneers or Falcons fan, because then I really have to just not like you. (laughs) Or, or the fucking asshole Patriots fans who are Tom Brady fans. Yeah. Like, fuck, man. Like, you're a Patriots fan, but you're rooting for Tom Brady. Like, fuck you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Hmm. yeah, man. I, uh, I know some of my listeners just, they aren't about football, but it's, a, it's just as fun
1: as D&D, bro.
0: <laughs> you just yeah. got to understand what's going on and appreciate it. That's all.
1: Honestly, like, it wasn't until my eighth grade year that I started playing. Uh, and not, even then I was still kind of like semi into it. Yeah. But I really took pride in being an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone kind of shit-talked on him. Uh, saying, "Oh, that's just where they put the fat people," and it's like, oh I want to actually make something like."
0: <laughs> man, online. that was an offensive lineman. Get, get the fuck out of here! Yeah, Look, man, games no, are won in the trenches, son. Exactly. You better bro. tell them.
1: Um, I actually posted a picture about an offensive lineman. Hold up, it's kind of like a
0: motto for offensive linemen. I posted on my uh, Instagram, uh huh, and
1: it got over five hundred likes, bro nice shit was crazy
0: Uh, give me one second give me one second
1: gotcha
2: All
0: right, I'm back. Sorry about the dead air, folks. My uh son's supposed to be sleeping and he is running around, so I had to <laughs> had to check on him real quick, you know, daddy duty and all that.
1: It's a long uh paragraph or whatever, but it's essentially just saying the moment you decided to become an offensive lineman, you decided to put your ego aside uh your name's not going to get called in the stat sheet or anything, but there are no touchdowns scored without you. Quarterback's not throwing the touchdown pass. Running back's not making that run. Uh, Everything goes through you.
0: Yep. Uh, And that kind of inspired me to really
1: work on being an offensive lineman, kind of take pride in it. Uh, And I was working hard. I was getting – I was told that they would have put me varsity, by the coaches, they would have put me varsity on my sophomore year, Uh but they had too many seniors that year. Yeah. Um, Then I was injured most of my junior year, and we had coaching changes, Mm -hmm. and um, on top of that, I needed to get a job, so I didn't really pay. I didn't play my senior year.
0: Yeah, it was hard to dedicate time.
1: Um, coaches actually stopped me in the middle of school, and they're like, "Bro, are you sure you can't come back to football? Like, we could use you." And I was like, "Bro, I just can't balance it with work and everything, and I need to, I need money to help my family, you know."
2: Yeah. Um,
1: which I I regret it, but oh yeah, I'm proud of my memories. Never gonna forget uh, Allen High School. It's one of the top high schools here in Texas, Uh North Texas. Oh, yeah. Uh, We played them my freshman year, and I just remember just driving down, pushing the defensive end into a linebacker. Had one in each hand, and I drove both of them back into a safety. I was blocking all three of them at the same time. I'm talking about. Running back runs right behind me for a 40-plus yard touchdown.
0: Hell you know, yeah! Like,
1: That's me right
0: there, bro. That's what I'm talking like, about. I um, so I played. I played left tackle. Was mostly what I what I did. Yeah. Um, kind of like you. Like I mean, I played varsity, but my first couple seasons at uh, Mamu High School, I uh, I'd start like maybe half the year because I had a senior over me. So the coach would kind of flop back and forth. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't as good as I could have been either, you know. Um, But senior year between – I, because well, when I was a freshman, I was probably like 285. I was fat. And by my junior year, I, I went down to like 220, bro. I was skinny. I was skinny, skinny. So I hit the weights, and I and I, I gained like 35 pounds of muscle. I was about like 260. So, I started my senior year, and I was really, really, you know, I was really good. Like I, I could have been better. Um, I just didn't have the size, I guess. But like, I made first team All Central Louisiana. Uh, I was an uh, honorable mention, like All State, you know. Um, so I wasn't bad, but uh, I started left tackle, but I, I right tackle, got hurt, so I ended up playing right tackle. And uh it was like our first round of the playoffs and I blocked for two rushing touchdowns on my side. Um we had an amazing running back call his name was Rob Walker. He even played some college ball. And uh I remember telling him, like, look, I can beat this guy, go on my inside, you know? And and I remember blocking and he'd get the touchdown just you know, I was I was happy. And don't get me wrong, it wasn't just me; it was the other guy too. And but you know, you feel you feel happy that you did your job, and it led to a scoring touchdown. And uh, you know, and it's, it's like you said, man, touchdowns don't get scored if, if nobody's blocking. The quarterback's gonna eat shit. The running back's gonna eat shit. Like you know, uh, the the line and even the D line, man. A good D line, shit, man. You could blow up plays all day uh you know there's value in the trenches and i say that shit like football is won or, or lost in the trenches um so i mean but the quarterbacks if they're worth their salt they they know that you know i uh i had a good relationship with with the quarterbacks that I blocked for um the running backs you know like i said like i would tell them like look i can beat this guy you know we're about to do a run and play i can beat this guy so trust me trust me to to open up a hole for you you know and they would and it would work you know um uh but it, part of the reason i love football is not only cuz it drove me to to exercise and just kind of become one with my body you know which it sounds kind of weird but just like, I almost had a six pack, you know, like I was just pure muscle. Um, I never felt so much in my own skin than I did when I was at the, the peak physical condition that I was. You know, I was benching over 275. Uh, I could squat like 500 pounds, leg press like 1,100 pounds. Like, I was, I was strong. You know, I worked hard for that. I spent months working out, you know, doing that shit. And, um, you know, it, Feeling one with my body and, and being able to exert my will on other people, you know, that's appealing from the football side of it, but it's not just that it's the camaraderie that I had with my fellow teammates, you know, um, you know, we talk about racism and a lot like that. I live in the deep South, so it's something that occurs, but I don't think anyone in their right mind could sit there and, and. Play football with with someone of a different color and struggle and fight through adversity, and then hate them because they're a different color. You know what I'm saying? Like it just. Yeah. That's why I love sports. I I feel like it it can help bridge the gap between people, whether they disagree or not. Like playing football is the one of the best things that ever happened to me because it allowed me to to struggle side by side with someone who's different than me. In in various ways, not just race, but just all different kind of ways. And we'd get along, you know. We were a team, um, which my little team was pretty successful. You know, we'd win a lot of games and everything like that. We had a good head coach. Um, And his coaching style obviously helped get us there. But one of the business factors was the fact that even if we get pissed off each other, at each other at practice or whatever, um, we were still there for each other. You know, we still had good relationship with each other and, uh, it's important, man. And, uh, you know, NFL is a little bit different. It's a business, you know, you gotta be professional, but the teams that are successful always seem to to be on the same page. You know, um, it's one of the things I like about the saints is their, uh, you know, they talk about how good an organization is or, or how their locker room is. And, and the Saints have one of the best locker rooms in the league. You know, one of the best organizations in the league. Uh, the people that come and play for them, they make them feel welcome. You know, they make them feel at home. They, they're part of, you know, New Orleans. Um, and I think that leads to a lot of success for them, you know, because they get along because, even if they're somewhat greedy, they're still team players, you know. Uh, and that's why I like I like footballs because it, it fosters being on a team. You know, we could talk about whoever the goat is, however much you want, but Tom Brady doesn't win six rings uh, without his team, you know, without his O line, without his wide receivers, um, and you know it's. I think we kind of take it for granted, but when, when these quarterbacks sit there and they say, look, hey, you know, I played my heart out, but the people you need to thank are also my linemen for blocking for me, you know. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's the PC thing to say, but I think it's also true, you know. And that goes with any sport, man. <laughs> you know, we're talking about football, but look, I know baseball players, it's the same thing. It's a different kind of adversity, but it's still adversity. Uh basketball, Hockey, same soccer, thing, man. Hockey, soccer, yeah. yeah. All of them fuck, even golf, man. Like it's just um chess, man. Chess, you know. <laughs> it's it's an <laughs> adversity. It's 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 not as a physical as a mental, but it's still there. Um that's why I like competitive sports in general. You know? Um I just love it, man. I love the game. And I appreciate it. So
1: Uh, Still the greatest, I think the greatest person I've ever met that was in the NFL. I mean, I haven't met a shit ton of NFL players, but of mm -hmm. the ones that I've met, the greatest person was Ramon Foster, the former offensive lineman for the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Um, That dude, he's a scholar. Like, for an offensive lineman, that dude, like, he's smart. He's calm. He doesn't get too angry. Um, mm-hmm. I went to a camp with him there. Uh, all the other people were kind of like, it was my first football camp ever. Eighth grade year, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other people were kind of getting upset with me and just kind of like pushing me back to the back of the pack because I couldn't like keep up with all the high schoolers that, I, that were there at the camp. Yeah. Um, but Ramon Foster actually pulled me aside and was working with me and like helping me get better, mm-hmm. uh, saying that he actually saw something in me and uh, saying to keep working and all that, being a good person. Yeah, It's like all the other people there, none of the high schoolers, none of the other pro players, they were all just kind of pushing me to the back, but Ramon Foster actually came and grabbed me from the back of the <laughs> pack, and that will always stick with me, bro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, man! Like, and that's that's what I love to see. Um, you know, I've got I, I know people who think think the NFL is stupid. You know, um, they don't agree with these players making the amount of money they make, all that other stuff. But um, you know, I see these players, kind of like you said, doing doing that kind of thing, helping out the youth, um, creating. You know, uh, charity organizations, foundations, um, giving money back, you know, bringing a bunch of kids to a Toys R Us and just spending 20 grand on them, you know, so they can have a Christmas. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you don't like NFL, that's, that's fine. I, I get it. You know, I, I could understand why. Um, but a lot of these guys come from humble backgrounds. They come from poverty. And when they get this money, they, they pay it back to the community, you know? And, um, I think it's, it's, it's something that you can't help but sit there and say, Hey, that's fucking great. You know, um, like Drew Brees, he has the Brees foundation. Um, on top of that, he has various businesses, but he really, he not only helped transform New Orleans after Katrina and everything else, you know, he, he, he put back into the community. You know he invested in the community, in the people, and um, he's not the only one. You know there's players all over the league that do that, and it's one of the reasons. It's also one of the reasons I love the NFL or football is because of that. Because these these men, hey, they make a lot of money, but they also give back. You know, um, Steve Gleason. You remember who Gleason is, right? Okay, so for for the listeners, Gleason. Was uh, a special teams guy. On the Saints. And he blocked a. A kick attempt. Uh, it was a field goal attempt. Um, versus the Falcons I believe. In the playoffs. He blocked it. And it helped. The Saints go on to win a Super Bowl. And. Um, he's a Very you know, fiery kind of player, even though he was only special teams. But uh, the Saints never forgot and come to find out he had um, ALS, a form of ALS, right? Which means um, basically your muscles deteriorate, you lose control of your body, Um, your mind is still intact, it doesn't affect your mind, but you can't move, right? And this is an NFL player, and this is someone who played football his entire life, who was a physical specimen, and um, he lost the ability to play. He he lost the ability to walk. He lost the ability to talk. He's got to use a computer. Well, he started the Gleason Foundation, which provides medical equipment for people with ALS. And, uh, you know, Breeze and the Saints have had him at games multiple times. They've donated to his foundation multiple times. And, um, you know, the NFL's a community, and that they're willing to help people, you know? And uh, you just got to respect it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's some divas, don't get me wrong. There's divas in the NFL for sure, but... Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. He's probably the biggest diva right now, but trust me, there... Old Ocho Cinco was a fucking diva too, bro. Don't get me wrong, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you learned from Ocho Cinco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh... But, you know, just saying it's my love of a game is, is based on a whole lot of shit, you know, <laughs> um, and I like seeing, you know, I like seeing I like watching the games. I like seeing these players help out their communities and give back. I think that's what it's about. So, but anyway. time to wrap it up huh you you good you think we got it we got we got all the time we need uh i appreciate you coming on and and doing the zoom session with me and and talking about all kinds of stuff Uh, you enjoyed yourself
1: man you had some fun yeah yeah good to learn how to use zoom for
0: the first time yeah um do you have an official facebook page for your photography or I don't have a
1: Facebook page yet. Or right, well, you once throw I out it, throw out your gram, bro. Yeah, one, once I make a Facebook page, it'll be the same name as my Instagram. Okay. Uh, it'll be J Rod Photography. J underscore J A
0: Y underscore R O D D underscore Photography. Okay. Yeah, y'all. Uh, y'all check it out, man. When he has it up. You let me know, bud, and I'll, uh, I can post a link or you can comment a link under the episode on my Facebook page whenever you have it, okay? Sounds good, bro. So, um, I think that's about it for tonight. The vodka's starting to hit me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, man, I, I had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad you came on. Um, yeah. I don't want to really, really do repeat guests for right now, but I will eventually have everyone back on. So I hope you're you're down for an, a second episode in the future. Definitely. Uh, as for my listeners, look, y'all, uh, appreciate y'all listening. I can use more volunteers to do episodes. Um, I'm still looking for some diversity. So women, if you don't mind um, sending me a message, look, I will – Do my best to make it as easy as possible for you to come and do an episode. We could do it over Zoom. We could do it in person. Look, if your husband doesn't trust me, he can sit in on it. I don't care. All right. Um, Women, I definitely want y'all in. I want a different perspective than just men. And uh, with that being said, look, people of color, black people, Mexican people, Native American. I would love to have y'all on to give me a different perspective. I want people from every background and every creed, whether they agree with me or disagree with me, I want them on. I want to have a conversation with you. I want to see where it goes. Okay. So, y'all hit me up. Look, message me on Facebook. Trevor Blanchard on Facebook, Fixies Playground on Facebook. I'm there. All right. Fixies Playground at gmail.com is my email that you can find me on the podcast. Send me a message that's there. Hell, I'll give you my phone number if you want to talk in person. I don't care. I just want some more people. I want to keep this going. I want to try to make a difference in my own way. Um, a few more news and notes. Uh, listen to the nightclub for Travis. Listen to the Joe Blow Horror Show for Travis and uh, Boss Tuna. Um... And if y'all know any local bands Or people who want to get their music out Tell them to hit me up I would be more than happy to Put them as my outro for my episodes Y'all have a good na- a night I'm Trevor This is Fixie's Playground Jared, you want to tell them goodbye? Good night Alright, y'all take it easy people Um, I should have an episode 4 In the next couple weeks